0: They know how to make you smile. You're already here, why don't you stay a while? Kick back, relax, you freaks. They're playing all the tricks and taking all of the treats. Grab a whiskey and hang on tight. Smoke that bong with all your might. They write books, but that ain't all. One's short and smooth and one is hairy and tall. There's Vital Social
1: Issues and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne. They argue about everything and they drive each other so insane. Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. It's vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne.
0: Best buds talking book of the week and all the horror stuff that they think is neat. Hanging loose in ridiculous reads, not cause we deserve it cause it's what we need. Vital Social Issues and Stuff with Chris and
1: John Wayne. We argue about everything and drive each other so insane. Vital Social Issues and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne. It's Vital Social Issues and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne.
0: Welcome to Vital Social Issues and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne I, of course, always am the ever-present John Wayne with me Forever and ever, till eternity rips apart, do we part Mm. Christopher Triana, that's right
1: That's right What's up, up, brother? What's happening? You
0: know, hanging out here in H-Town, doing my thing
1: Chilling? A little bit of illing?
0: Dude, I got incredibly drunk on Saturday. Yeah, like rip roaring drunk, like like on a mission drunk for some reason. Like, where like I was just speakeasy like speakeasy drunk. Kind, I mean, I I don't know what that means. So maybe, but speakeasy. Yeah, yeah, I know like... a speakeasy is where you go in there. Like that's where like yeah, they're well, like oh the secret uh, in the in the pudding. You know, you go back there and you drink beer. Like that was during yeah, the prohibition yeah. where so, you but, would yeah, go. Yeah, that's get what I'm saying. You got shit.
1: speakeasy drunk. Yeah, oh, like... I got.
0: I guess, if that's what they call it. Woo! Sign me up, baby. It started <laughs> innocently enough, like most things do, um, on Saturday afternoon, um, around the crack of noon. I opened a tall boy of Miller High Life and sat down with my guitar. I'd been up for a very long time already, since five, recording audiobooks, which I just finished another audiobook, which I don't know if the authors announced it yet, so I will not announce it, but I finished another one. Thank the Lord, it's done. Uh, But I was like cracking beers and playing guitar, feeling all like, you know, I was playing some fucking Charlie Pride. Uh, I was playing just like a bunch of shit. And I was learning a few new songs. And uh, next thing you know, like I've had a few of these tall boys and, you know, a couple pipes of Grandpappy's Medicine. And then I get a call from a buddy or I reach out to a buddy and he's at one of the breweries in my neighborhood is having like outside, you know, fucking beers. And I'm like, I'll see you there. So I walk up and have some beers there and then we move to another outside brewery and I don't remember the rest of that after mm. that happened. It's like scene missing
1: to where, <laughs> right, right.
0: To where Katie was like uh, the next day, you know, a Sunday morning. She was like, do you remember uh, how helpless you were last night? And I was like, I remember nothing. Uh-oh. She's like, do you remember your your turkey burger? And I was like do not remember anything at all. And she was like,
1: Were you like David Hasselhoff came home. The like, you <laughs> know, like, like that video. You ever see that where he's like eating the hamburger on the floor and he's just shit face drunk. No, David Hasselhoff? Oh, well, no,
0: but I've been that. It wasn't that
1: it's basically, that's all there is, but it's hilarious. It's just him, like shitty drunk eating a hamburger. Yeah.
0: I, I have so many of these, these type of stories, but, uh, they're getting fewer and far between, thankfully. But yeah, I was like, no, I don't remember what the hell happened. And she's like, yeah, you came home and you were ridiculous and I had these turkey burgers made and I gave you one and you were sitting on the couch just like pouting and sulking looking at it and I said what's wrong and you you she's like you know you get melancholy sometimes when you're blackout drunk and I was like yes (laughs) she's like you just were like saying man I fucking suck I can't remember anything or anybody people think I'm a piece of shit because I was like at one at that bar this guy was like Dude, I've met you, like, 1,100 times. like, <laughs> And I was like, I I know I re- recognize you, but I just don't know your name. You know, I was just, like, in oh, that. Yeah. And then that, like, got stuck in my, like, loop, like, drunk mind. And uh, she was like, Yeah, shut up and just eat something. So, like, I ate that burger, and then I went to bed. But apparently, like, she the next day, she found out, like, I ate, like, another one. <laughs> like, just a raw patty. Like, one of them. Not, oh. like, not raw, but, like, she'd cooked, like, four burgers right and she had two patties like just in the fridge and i okay. guess i ate one of those and i ate like a klondike bar and a half and like i don't know what i was like i just like woke up and i was like i don't know what happened but yeah. damn dude that was those are the days dude those are the party days
1: <laughs> you know i read a, i read an article recently and i thought of you and me and and i hope you take this the right way uh but it was about any how... wish way but loose <laughs> No, they, well, it was a, it was saying how, like, the people who partied really hard and did a bunch of drugs and craziness when they were younger, Are settled. No, <laughs> that they that they settle down and they don't do all that stuff that much once they get older. And how the people who didn't do that when they were younger because they were nerds or they were stuck in Bible camp, they're the ones who like party super hard when they get older and go like way overboard with it. Uh, And it made me think of you and me in a way.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, and I agree. But also what I'll say is like those people that party super hard and didn't like keep their shit together when we were younger, they fall into that because, oh, guess what? They like get their high school girlfriend pregnant or have to fucking work at daddy's oil field or some shit like that. That's that's what they fall into. That's true. Like not us. Like we had our shit together. We did our thing and we just gradually became huge drug addicts and then well, we will well, die this way you did in a blaze um, of glory I'm
1: <laughs> and- like speaking of for myself though is like and i see what you're saying yeah like a lot of people they got stuck into that uh wife and kids thing when they were young but they still continued to like you know you know do, do drugs or whatever else but this didn't party as hard but i'm not mm-hmm. uh, but it wasn't saying just that it was just saying people no matter if they if they are are childless and single at 43 like i am or whether they settled down at a family that people who partied really hard when they were young kind of got it out of their system so to speak and they don't go on gets like super drunk and go on these you know benders and everything uh the way people do when they didn't do that when they were in their teenagers uh that's what i'm saying
0: no that's 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 probably right i do not as a rule do not like to get this drunk like, I don't, that's not cool. I do not, I hate blacking out. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's fun at all. But what happened was it just got away from me, man. You know, you just start drinking, start talking. Like my buddy bought, brought me a beer and gave put it down. And I just like was talking and I took this sip. And then he said something and I took this other like really big sip. And then he was like, do you need another another beer already? And I was like, you just got me a bit. And it was like this much left at the bottom just because it's like, It's there, I just can't, you know, I'm just drinking So once it got away, once the ball got away I was like
2: I I, I guess I I I also needed to blow
0: off some steam too A little bit, so I was just kind of like Doing that But I I do not like to do that I do not think that that's like Oh, you know how awesome it was? I blacked out and cried in my (laughs) burger at home Oh, how awesome!
1: Rock and roll, rock you and know.
0: roll forever. <laughs> no, but I, I
1: hear that. I, I do. I understand. Like sometimes you get carried away. But you know, I drink regularly, and uh, I, I, I haven't gotten blackout drunk since I was a teenager, though. Really? You know? Yeah, really. Because I, 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 mean, I always I mean, really
0: good. That's yeah. No,
1: really. like I always like once I start to feel drunk, I stop drinking. Like I like to get a buzz and then just stop. I don't like to get drunk, drunk. I don't like to be. And that's one of the reasons I don't do drugs, you know, is like I just I don't want to feel out of control of myself, you know. Yeah, it's like I I don't like that. And I don't I don't like knowing I'm going to feel like shit all day the next day either. Uh, So, yeah, but I just don't want to do anything to embarrass myself. Like I I say the wrong thing when I'm sober, like it's 10 times worse when I'm fucked up. So,
0: yeah, I mean, it's different for everybody, I guess. Uh, like I said, sure. I don't I don't mean to do it. Sometimes I do it, but then it's like not uh, like everyone's like, I can't believe John Wayne got that drunk last night. It's just like, hey, good morning. You know, it's like not it's not I guess it's like par for the course. But uh, you're a mess is what you're saying. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess. But yeah, I got that. You know, look at this. I got this shit together. Like fucking like Oscar the Grouch. If I'm a mess, I'm like living Oscar in that. Oscar the fucking, Grouch. I got a fucking regular thing I come up and I'm like, "Hey, fuck you kids." And I got like a grouch, like I got a whole movie out of it and shit. And Beyoncé was in it or somebody. Well, of all, the, of all the all the but,
1: Muppets uh, and Sesame Street Muppets uh to to emulate. I mean, Oscar is is the one.
0: The, the Count, dude. The Count as well.
1: Blah. <laughs>
0: one, uh 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 two. Go back like, to I,
1: your own country.
0: I had this <laughs> I had this record, like I had all these weird records when I was a kid. I had a Sesame Street record where the Count and Cookie Monster sung a song together. The If I Knew You Were Coming, I'd have Baked a Cake song. And where they have a little skit at the beginning where they're like, Oh shit, company's coming. We got to bake it. Like, I I like cookie, you know, and like, and the, you know, and the Count's like, uh, uh, no, Cookie Monster, we bake a cake. And he's like, If I knew you were coming, I'd have baked a cake. One cake, baked a cake, two cakes. <laughs> and that's like
1: like, a really
0: good record. Dude, it's awesome. And then Cookie Monster's like, I don't know where you came from. And then the count's like, over there. And he's like, And I don't know where you've been counting, of course, but it really okay. doesn't that's... matter. And then they okay. sing together.
1: We, 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 get, it. we so get it. It's so awesome, dude. It's it, so. Dude.
0: Actually, I gotta look for that record because that's a good ass record. Man, Cookie Monster and the Count <laughs> together, counting. Yeah. So.
1: Well, I had a, a f- like, you know, you, you you got embarrassingly drunk. I had an embarrassing uh, thing happen to me, and I was totally sober. Uh, and, yes. I, and you know, like, I was going to tell you about this. Uh, <clears throat> so I'm going to go ahead and send you the picture uh, yes. so you can put it up uh, for everybody. Uh, I'm going to uh-huh. do that in just a second here. Uh, well, I'll, I'll get into the story first. Um, so uh, I really like Philly cheesesteak sandwiches, like intensely. Right. Uh, d- don't worry. You don't have yeah. to look your phone. I'm going to tell a story first. Um, okay. I like, I like them uh, intensely. I eat, I eat them a lot. And, uh, Philly
0: cheesesteaks. And this is, these are the ones where it's cheese whiz. No. The thing. No, no,
1: not... no, 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 no. I mean, you're not wrong. No. Like uh, in, in Philadelphia, there is a place uh, it's like a rival thing, where it's either cheese Whiz or Provolone.
3: Uh, oh, okay, okay, okay.
1: I like it with Provolone. Um, but yeah, you've, you've got you know the, the sub-sandwich with hot steak, cheese, mushrooms, peppers, onions. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, so anyway, I always check mine to make sure there's no mayonnaise. Now, Ollie's doesn't... Uh, Ollie's is very good about that, but I always check no matter where I get the, these sandwiches. Um, because... I hate mayonnaise so goddamn much. It's disgusting. It's vile. It's like, it's egg cream with jizz in it. It's absolutely awful. I don't know why anyone would eat it. And they put it on everything in this country. Like, every fucking pre-made sandwich you could ever buy already has mayonnaise on it. Stop it. This country needs to stop it with the fucking mayonnaise.
0: Wow, uh, dude. You've, like, taken a very strong stance.
1: I hate mayonnaise. I hate it. The only thing worse is pickles. Pickles. Uh but anyway,
0: I'm with you on the mayonnaise, but not on the pickles.
1: Well, I just hate when they that they are they automatically add it to every fucking sandwich on earth. You're right. You're not wrong. It's like stop it, stop it. Like not everyone wants that disgusting slime, you know. Uh so anyway, I always check my sandwiches for Mayo just in case they forgot or whatever. Um and you know, I, I open it up and it looks fine. Again, I'm sitting in my truck, you know. I open it up, looks fine. Um, but it's so hot that when I open it up, like, like some of the, the, like the thin paper on the bottom, uh, burned through and some of the meat and like, and cheese like fell in my lap. Right. Now it didn't burn my, my groin or anything. Cause you know, it wasn't so hot to burn through my jeans, but it spilled all in my lap. Right. In my yeah. jeans. Yeah. Uh, right. Like you're already laughing. This is, I'm picturing, funny-
0: I'm picturing like the dude when like the, the joint falls in his lap and he's like, yeah. ah!
1: like yeah, pouring well, the beer it, and trying to like get it out. Like it, it wasn't it wasn't like you weren't that. driving.
0: You were you were parked, right?
1: Well yeah, I was, but it also okay. didn't burn me. like it was hot enough to burn through the paper, but it didn't burn my crotch. You know, I was wearing jeans. It was fine. Uh but here's <laughs> here's the fun part is uh you know I, I go home I take the jeans off and I kind of forget you know about it. Uh yeah. the next day I gotta go to I have to go to physical therapy and I go to physical therapy and everything. And um you know and when I'm at physical oh, you therapy <laughs> when I'm at physical therapy you know like the it, it, it starts off with some heat on my shoulder but then i I lay down on this table mm-hmm. and my physical therapist kind of you know like bends and works my arm for me yeah, to start making yeah they do yeah they do uh and this particular time my regular or physical therapist who I've been seeing for a long time uh she was out for the day uh mm-hmm. and you know I've I've built a rapport with her and everything she's really. Sure. Great. Uh, and so it was this woman I'd never met before, and she's working my arm and everything. And we go through the whole thing, and it's fine, and then I do my exercise, and it's fine. And then I and then I drive home, and as I'm as I'm driving home, I happen to look down, and it's the same jeans that I was wearing the other day when I had the, the cheesesteak fall on yeah. me. And I you know, I, I just put the jeans aside, and I just like I'll wear the same jeans for like eight months. You know, <laughs> like and yeah. before I put put on another pair. You know, because I'm a man, uh, and I'm going to send them to you now, uh, the picture, uh, because it's it's uh it, it was great because I looked down and I realized it looks like I jizzed all over my pants, because uh, it's like the cheese. Yeah, it's like it's like that's this, where I was going with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like this white stain. And you have to remember, I was laying on my back while this woman was, like, moving my arm around. And I've got, uh, like, uh, you know, we're going to put up the picture on the video yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, I've got <laughs> these jeans that are totally encrusted right on the crotch. Right on the crotch and nowhere else with these white stains. Uh, so... <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh, dude! Yeah, this is uh, i like, I'm trying to like do Have something so picture? we can see it. Yeah, oh, well, I got the picture, dude. I, We're seeing it right now. Trust me, we're all seeing it, and it's. Cr- it does not. Now, did she make? Did anybody make any kind of like a? Nope. A, 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 like, no a, hey, um, do you think that? Do you think that they saw it or that it well, was? That's, uh, the, that's what I'm saying. Like, like
1: the fact that I was laying down on a table. There we go.
0: We should be able to there see. Can you see there, it? There, okay, yeah, yeah, I can see it. There okay. you go. So,
1: so, for everyone watching the video, there it is.
0: <laughs> I mean, exhibit A, you know, like right in this area right here, we've got like the perfect amount. Like, what are you and what are you thinking? Like, oh I know you don't want to wash your jeans all the time. I don't wash my jeans all the time, dude. You got it. That's what jeans are for, but you got to dab it. Like, you get a dab. I, did,
1: like, I didn't even think the, of it. Uh, I was just, you know, I came home and ate my sandwich and I just took my jeans off and throw them threw them over the back of a chair like i usually do and just didn't i just forgot i didn't you know like i cleaned the meat off of my crotch and 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 ate the thing you know uh so i thought it was fine you know yeah
0: now let's get really in there (laughs) there
1: real good
0: real good like uh (laughs) i'm and i'm just kind of trying to get to the
1: it looks exactly like cum and it's right on the the cummy
0: parts uh yeah i mean it's uh
1: it's it's bad. It's bad.
0: Did you did you let me ask you this? Did you do any like kind of clever like uh <laughs> oh, I'm so like I'm fucking turn a phrase where you're like, she digging it, and then like you have these cummy pants on or anything? Like was there any of those no, moments? No, because,
1: I, no, there was nothing there like, was no cute moments. Uh uh you know, um and like I said, I didn't notice it until I had left. Uh but yeah. here's where it gets better, okay?
0: Here's where it gets better.
1: No, no, here's where it gets better. Uh <laughs> Okay. okay. You can stop with the picture now. Like, okay. Okay. We've seen it. So here's where it gets here's where it gets funnier though, because uh, this will this will show you how much I don't give a fuck about anything anymore. Um, nice. Because after I went to physical therapy, I was planning on picking up some groceries for dinner on the way home. So yeah, most people would probably go home and change first. And take these pants off that had that looked like they had cum stains all over the crotch. Not me. <laughs> not me. <laughs> I was like, I'm not gonna go home, change, and then go out and get groceries.
0: You didn't even like put like a washcloth, just like a rub, a quick rub. Nah. Across. That's all you gotta do.
1: Nah no, no, it was really caked in there. Like it, it wouldn't like I would have to like get something to scrub it with, whatever. Um, all I had well, what- in my truck was a couple of paper napkins. Uh, so
0: like just like in high school, I don't
1: know, I, maybe, Um but for truck uh, jobs, anyway. Uh, okay. uh, well, so anyway, I, but... I, just, I'm like, I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping at home. I'm going to get the groceries and go home and enjoy the rest of my day. Mm-hmm. So I go to the grocery store with my, my jizz, fake jizz all over my, the front of my pants. Yeah, And I was just like, and like knowing now that it's there and uh-huh. just, just went and bought groceries and just didn't give a shit. I'm like, well, if people think I jizz all over my jeans, fine. Like, I like, I don't care about these people. I'm never going to see these people again. That's the whole thing about embarrassment. When you realize, like, like, I, I don't care about these people. These people aren't, like, so what? If they tell their friends, like, oh, man, this guy jizz all over his pants. Their friends aren't going to know who I am. It doesn't matter, you know? Unless,
0: unless they're me and you take like that picture and blow it up, the splatterpunk award-winning author Christopher Triana, (laughs) come pants. Hey, go ahead. Uh, And that only makes that only makes your stock rise, dude. Yeah, but okay, so yeah, I mean that's fine that you did that. I think you know I really do, and but I I think that you should have like gave it a dab like before you went out when you knew it, it was there. You knew it was there, dude. It doesn't take much. Give, just wipe that cheese away.
1: Uh, well, no, like I said, it was kind of, it was like caked in, it was like the stain. It wasn't like, like a. Like, it was just stained in the material. It wasn't just on top of the material. Like, it needed a wash. I was just like. Was it,
0: was it perhaps really come? Did you like no, black was, out and perhaps cum your pants? No. I got drunk and blacked out and ate, you know, Kalondike like bars. I, said, I I
1: haven't blacked out since I was a teenager uh, for any reason. All right. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, uh. No, uh, no, it was it was cheesesteak all over my pants. I mean, I I spilled cheesesteak I mean, all over my pants the day before, so I'm mm-hmm, pretty sure well, that's what it was.
0: I've spilled cheesecake my my pants myself, sir, and uh, I think I, I think I know exactly what you mean. You know, interestingly, the like I just want to bring this up because we did we t- just touched on like cheese whiz and mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife Katie is from Michigan, and sh- her like like she makes this one um uh casserole dish that's Mm -hmm. awesome i love it but it's got it specifically uses cheese whiz in it and it's got like you know chicken and peas and like whatever else white people eat and then like onions on top but like the french fried onions that i I don't know it's it's so white people shit Mm -hmm. but then she puts mayonnaise on like everything she puts mayonnaise on like on her mayonnaise and shit dude like that's how much like she like she is into mayonnaise in the biggest baddest way and uh, i agree with you i'm not much of a mayonnaise eater like i'm also not i'm not i'm not gonna request it but if it comes on something i'm not I don't give a shit enough to go up and be like, "Hey, change this," you know whatever. Oh, no, I absolutely. It's will. fine. That's, that's it's acceptable. fine. I, I'll go with it, but I'm not at home making sandwiches with with mayonnaise. But you know, mayonnaise is a popular thing. A lot of people do like their mayonnaise. It is, say. but but the,
1: the, but uh, but I'm not one of them. It's disgusting, and I don't want I, it. I on never. A yeah, I never liked it. As if it. I'm if I'm paying for a sandwich, I want it the way I asked for it. I don't like. I'm no, not going to be like, oh well, they put mayo on it. What are you going to do? Wait, wait. That?
0: Was there mayo on this sandwich? No. Oh, no. man, that nothing. would have been the ultimate fuck if I've you got like checked. cum pants and there was mayonnaise on it.
1: No, if there was mayonnaise, I would have thrown it right in the guy's face and he would have gotten all burned. And then like oh, I would be, I'd be in they jail right now. You know? have to send me that picture of the guy's yeah. face. Uh, I'm never, never, ever rude to service people. Uh, never. Um, But I would have asked for another sandwich. <clears throat> but anyway, um moving on. Okay. Uh, I just I, I just thought I'd share that story. It was a funny thing, and uh, I thought the audience would enjoy seeing the picture because it. Uh, that... Like I took the picture just for this show, just just so like so I could share it with you. I uh,
0: it is funny because it makes me like think of things on my pants, like that I, when I would like uh, when I was working like at the software store um, with with Nick P. A clock it. I don't know our clock's off, but. I had to wear like, you know, khakis and like, you know, you know, a shirt tucked in. And so like when I would go to the bathroom and like wash my hands and just splash water all over my crotch Uh and be like, God damn it. Like it's going to look like I fucking and so I get like a paper towel and just like vigorously like rubbing it like so like create enough heat to like dry the spots of water before I would go back. So I know what you mean, but like you were just full calm. Like, come on, yeah, yeah. come on, like, feel like, the noise of the come on my pants. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, I don't they, care. Everyone's had, everyone's had, like, the water on the pants, you know, when you wash your hands and it looks like you peed. But uh, when you've got provolone, melted provolone cheese on your pants, it's a whole other experience.
0: Yeah, so, they'd like, they start, hey, here comes Cummy Chris. Mm-hmm. And they spell that with a K, too. Cummy I hope Chris. so. That's at at Cummy Chris. Oh, dude, that should be another, like, one of your things.
1: Cummychris.com, yeah.
0: At Cummychris.com.
1: The 13th Cummy. Yep.
0: <laughs> that's the porn parody dude there you that's
1: go the porn parody that it is that it is
0: i uh i would like to take not uh, not rights of the novelization of the porn parody please okay. <laughs> the
1: novelization of a porn parody of a book Yep. of that's that something. book yeah yeah. Right. yeah
0: yeah and it's gonna be like a pamphlet compared to like the actual book. <laughs> oh,
1: I would hope so. It's but...
0: Mostly stage direction. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and pictures from the book. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, like like my like my drawings, my like little fucking storyboards, it's like a bunch of dicks yep. with sideburns because they're werewolves, you know. Right, right. And shit. So
1: <laughs> oh man. All right. Well do we have anything else or can we get into our segments?
0: I think we can get into the segments. I oh oh my uh I want to sort of say thanks to everyone that bought the hardback special edition from Thunderstorm Books of Major of the Hell Mouth, came out uh, unexpectedly this past Saturday, uh, and sold out. So thank you guys all if you bought one, and uh, I appreciate it. So
1: great cover on Thunderstorm Books,
0: awesome. Yeah, shouts out to Brian Dabala, my buddy here in Houston. He is an awesome artist. I have several of his pieces hanging in the living room here of Wayne Manor. And he did the last cover of my thunderstorm, uh, my other thunderstorm book, and he did knocked it out of the park with this one.
1: Yeah, that's uh, great. So I love it. So yeah, it has this great uh, um, portrait of you, yeah. uh, which is really perfect. So it really great, is great cover.
0: I, and, and I want that. And like, that's my, I'm a living cartoon now. And we're gonna take that image and bring Saturday morning cartoons back. Do we have to cartoon it's... you up? We have to cartoon <laughs> some bongs and shit, and we'll be good to go, man. I think
1: it's. I think it's. Uh... It's too bad that you already have the the Garage kit on your back. Like if you put that on your back, like the image. God damn it, dude. Nick Nick said
0: the same fucking thing. He he was like he was like, Man, too bad you already got a back tattoo because you could stevo that shit and put yourself on I was like, I absolutely would do that one hundred percent. And I'm not I'm not against putting this on one of my ass cheeks. I was just about to say that's the next best
1: thing. Put it on your ass. Like that's even funnier. Put yourself on your own ass. That's funny.
0: <laughs> will you come will you come with me?
1: Uh it depends on what you mean by come.
0: <laughs> I mean come we will, will you come get it with me? Well, <laughs> the Will well, I, well,
1: I pour a Philly cheesesteak on my pants in, in the <laughs> And place. then
0: come sit in the tattoo studio <laughs> with me? <laughs> For what will probably be like six boring hours yeah. you looking at my ass Absolutely. while I make up different chill, Philly ch- yeah. chili fees? Chili fees
1: yeah, cheesesteak jokes. Your, your, your hairless ten year old boy ass. Yep, that's oh. Yep.
0: And but well, hell, but hey, dude, that'll help you know with your new your new website, hairless10yearoldboysass.com. <laughs> Shh,
1: that's dark web. That's dark web.
0: You take my picture and put it up there. So, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: but yeah, that's it. That's
3: all I want. All
1: right. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess that could take us into our segments uh, for Not... this week. Uh, starting with, are you ready?
0: We're ready, baby. Book of the week. Book Book of the Week. Book of the motherfucking week. This is on me. I'm book of the week this week, baby. Oh you,
1: babe.
0: And uh this actually is kind of like uh, you know, I, I don't want to just like show our ass or anything, but we announced it. My ten-year-old. I don't want to show our ten-year-old hairless boy asses, but we did announce it last week on the show that this week the the, the topic is death metal. Uh, if you're listening or watching, it's already on the thing, so you know that the topic of the show is death metal. So uh, I, I also want to say first, like I, I have my Amoeba Records shirt on from San Francisco. I got the death metal cool. one cool. Uh, when I was there like 15 years ago. Uh, I went to the Amoeba Records in Haight-Ashbury, and uh, I got an awesome uh, bootleg, or, uh, like, live uh, Mars Volta record in Japan, like, this whole concert they did. And it's it's terribly mixed and, like, very hard hard to listen to sometimes, but awesome. And I remember that I got that, and I waited in line, and I saw the shirt, like, hanging up there, and I was like, I want that for the metal shirt. And they are like, all right, kid, here you go, you know. Um, so we're doing, we're doing death metal this week. So book of the week uh, from me, I've talked about this book on a couple episodes. If you listen to John Wayne lied to you, my other podcast, I've talked about it there, but this book is choosing death by Albert Madrian And this is the history of death metal and grindcore the improbable history, he says, but this, this is mainly the death metal and we're, going to deep dive into that uh, later on in the episode. But I love books like this. And let me just I'll just read like the blurb on the back uh, really quick. But in 1986, it was unimaginable that death metal and grindcore would ever impact popular culture. Yet this barbaric amalgam of hardcore punk and heavy metal would define the musical threshold of extremity for years to come. Initially circulated through an underground tape trading network by scraggly, angry young boys, death metal and grindcore spread faster than a plague of undead zombies. That's lazy. As bands rose from every corner of the globe. By 1992, the genre's first legitimate label, Earache Records, shouts out, had sold well over a million death metal and grindcore albums in the United States alone. Choosing Death, the improbable history of death metal and grindcore examines the rise and fall and resurrection of death metal and grindcore through the eyes and ringing ears of the artists, producers, and label owners who propelled the movements. So, I love books like this. Like, I've read uh, along the same lines of this. I, I read, uh, of course, Until the Light Takes Us, like, back when it came out um, in the early 2000s, I believe. Uh, and if you've seen the, the movie, like the documentary, you have to read the book. It's far more comprehensive. But then, and, and I also read a history of heavy metal by Ian Christensen, I believe, and that's like on bazillion bajillion production books or whatever like that he and he had a show on liquid metal for I don't know if he still does I don't have x m radio, but that was an awesome book about heavy metal as well, and then I have like you know, please kill me, which is the history of punk rock by legs O'Neill. and like fucking I have the history like a book about uh fucking um prog rock, and then I read a book called uh. You know, uh, fuck uh, original gangsters. That was all about you know fucking mm-hmm. the the rise of fucking gangster rap. I, I love reading books like that. Mm-hmm. It gets you into like shit. Like if you're already kind of into that music, you're like, yeah, I like some death metal, and you get in there, you're like, oh shit, dude, I didn't yeah. even know. like it. it There's it, a lot to explore, all right? And that's the thing. Like the thing. Okay, so like for me, you know, I love music a lot. I've played in bands for since I was sixteen. I'm um, 42 right now i still play in a band i play music like all, every day i love music and do, as do you but when i read oh these, i
1: hate music i don't know I, I, I hate music it's terrible I,
0: here's the thing <laughs> you know when you're when you're in that time when you're a kid when music is like everything oh like yeah. A super yeah when you're a teenager music,
1: it's it's enormously it's dude. a defining
0: yeah. it's a defining thing and you get into something and you and then you start discovering shit from there it's like this weird kind of uh, I don't know this, like, kind of whole thing that happens where you you get into mm-hmm. this this kind of music and then you start discovering all these bands, and you're like, Oh, shit, I didn't know this was out there, da-da-da, right.
3: And sure. that
0: kind of gets lost after you grow up or get older if you get away from music and stuff, yeah. But yeah. when and when you listen or when you read a book like this, like, even if you are into music and you follow music, you, you discover so much new, it kind of almost like reinvigorates that feeling. I feel, oh, like, yeah, no, absolutely, oh, it's like yeah. I told you, I listen. You know, I, I will we'll talk about it later, but I, yeah. you know, before the show, like for the whole hour leading up to it, I was just sitting here like just blasting death metal, you know, yeah. shit, listening to it. But anyway.
1: But no, you're uh, absolutely right in that when like like you like a certain genre of music and you like you grow in love with certain bands when you're younger. And then as when you're older, you tend to listen to those bands over and over again. You still love them. Uh, but when you really like a specific genre like that, uh, it's great to have a book like this where it helps you explore some of the bands you may have missed or you didn't know about. Um and my buddy Greg, who came up to visit me recently. Shouts, shouts out. Shout out. Greg. Shouts out. Uh, he and I Go so wide socks. He and I were listening to a bunch of hair metal because he and I really love the hair metal era. Uh and he he like made this like super mix for us. And you know, he has like satellite radio or 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 whatever that, that thing is called. Um uh-huh. And uh, and so we were we were listening to it, and he had a lot of these songs where I was like, "Holy shit, I forgot all about this band!" You know, like like he pulled up like Crocus and Vixen, and I was just like, "This is incredible!" Like I haven't heard these songs in forever. And then some songs he pulled up. It was a band that I do and listen to a lot, but it just wasn't one of the songs from one of the albums that I listened to a lot. So yeah, yeah. it's it's you know like he was putting on Wasp and things like that. Uh, so no, it was just kind of. It's kind of fun to, you know, like delve deeper into a genre of music or a subgenre uh, that you already love, like yeah. death metal or whatever it is, and, and or discover punk rock more. Or, or like yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. It
0: really is, man. And it, it, it's like, and boy, I don't boy know. Bands, like, boy bands. Boy bands. Dude, I would read a boy <laughs> band fucking history probably if they, because I'm sure it would be compelling. <laughs> okay. Okay. because uh i just to see how it worked just to see how it worked i'm not going to start listening to boy bands you know but i mean jt he's pretty good but i'm just saying like no yeah it, it just kind of brings that back like, that that kind of gets lost i yeah. think that new yeah. discovering because people just stop even trying to discover new right. things so after they, they, after yeah, a while yeah. normal people i guess not us yeah, yeah. not during Nam, of course yeah. <laughs> right But uh...
1: but that's definitely true. I don't I don't seek out a lot of new music anymore. Uh, And if I do, it's old music Mm -hmm. that I forgot, you know, like like I was just talking about. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I mean, you know, there's there's very few bands where when they come out with a new album, I jump on it immediately uh, because I love them so much. Like, you know, Nick Cave or or somebody like somebody Mm -hmm. like that. You know, if Tom Waits came out with a new album after all these years, I would jump on it. Uh, but there's not a whole lot of bands, you know, a lot of, cause a lot of the ones I really love, they're dead, you know, Dio's dead, Scott Walker's dead, you know? And like, those were the guys that I would go to and it was like, okay, they got a new album and I would really listen to that shit, man. I would like turn the lights down and I would sit and listen to the entire album when it first came out. There are, there's not a whole lot of bands I do that with anymore.
0: Yeah. And I think we talked, uh, I think we talked extensively about, listening to music on one episode didn't we about how we do it like so go back and do it i'll I'll talk about it all over again i'm sure we'll talk a lot about listening to music in the next segment or two segments from now or whatever but yeah Yeah. we all have like our rituals of listening to stuff and and just like these these kind of books though like like we said just getting back to it it, you know you get into it you already are into this genre and it's you're discovering new shit even though it is like 30 years old or 30 years old you know it's it's still you're like oh shit you know, like there'll be a band that I've like, I've heard this band's name a thousand times, but I don't never listen to one of their songs. And now I'm like, oh, OK, now I see where this builds into this and this becomes this. So I don't know. So I highly recommend this bit. This book Choosing Death by by Albert Madrian. Um, And it's on decibel books. So the, the copy that I have, I was actually gifted by uh, gifted to by uh, Jared Barbie of Death's Head Press. Shouts out. Oh, uh gave this to me and this is a, a special hardback where it's it's numbered and uh, if you can see like even with a pen like they mm-hmm. they fucking numbered it at a thousand but i'm sure there's paperback but this fucking uh this book is worth the read if you like metal especially death metal or or into like kind of seeing how a scene comes about this is a great book to read yeah
1: that, so very cool man very cool yeah. and then again we will talk more about death metal uh later on in the show but right now oh. we got to get to our next segment yeah we're ready for it oh we're so ready and that segment is ridiculous reads ridiculous so oh, ridiculous, dude! Oh man, it's out of control. How ridiculous it is! I I'm really excited. I know you've week. been
0: you've been teasing me, texting me, sexting yep. me, edging mm-hmm. about this mm-hmm. the whole time. You know you've really very been excited. into it. So I am hyped to hear this. Go ahead.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, well, this is one that I that I managed to hunt down fairly recently and found on eBay for five bucks. A steal. A steal I would have paid five hundred. Um
0: wait, you would have paid five hundred dollars for that?
1: For this book, yes. No, I wouldn't have. Uh
0: but I, no I I, I I was trying to come up with a joke. I
1: apologize. Yeah. <laughs> uh Judge, strike this from the record, please. Strike it from the record, please. Yeah. Um <clears throat> no, uh I was very excited to find this, however. Uh this is a novelization of a film that I really genuinely love, but it's ridiculous that it's a novelization. It's one of those ones where it's like, yeah, the movie's great, but but what the fuck, you know? Um, so I, I guess I'll just present it now. I, I don't know how else to set present it up. Them, present it, except, them. except that it's, yeah, put it on the glass. Um, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> just, I, I, all I can say is that I, I, I'm really excited. I'm really excited. Okay. All right. uh, and this is a little book called con air oh
0: jesus fucking christ <laughs> it, would, it fucking would be dude
1: of course it would be <laughs> you
0: know and con air is not a bad movie i like it's that movie too movie. i, I saw it. that like i think i saw that a couple of times in the theater too just because like you know i saw it and then some friends hadn't seen it. i'll go with you you know it's a great that's a good movie i'll give this oh, a good movie yeah. I love so it. It I've, does. I've so it times. $5. Wow. That is a yeah. steal.
1: What exactly. a steal, right? What a steal. Yeah. No, I, wow. But how ridiculous is it that it's a book like as a movie? It's, it's great. It's a lot of fun, but it's I an action wait. movie. It's a, yeah, it's a nineties. Yeah. It's a nineties action movie and it's, and it's totally redif- uh, ridiculous. And it's, uh, and it's also a comical movie. Like it's very self-aware. Um, but yeah, I, I had to pick up this book because I do love the movie. Uh, and, uh, so I'm going to give you a brief description for those of you uh, like who have been living under a rock, uh, and or at least were in the 90s. Uh, or under
0: like, The Rock, which is another movie. that with uh, Nicolas Cage. Nicolas yeah. Cage and Sean, Sean Connery. Yeah. Oh,
1: The Rock. That's true. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. Again, this is Con Air. It's a novel by Richard Woodsley or Woodley, forgive me, uh, based on the screenplay by Scott Rosenberg. Woodley, get it right, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Woodley, that's what she said. All right, so, (laughs) anyway, here's a quick synopsis of Con Air. For a group of vicious drug lords and murderers, the next stop on their Con Air transport flight is Maximum Security Prison. But for parolee Cameron Poe, it's home for Christmas, or so he thinks. When the flight is hijacked in midair by sociopath Cyrus the Virus Grissom, Poe suddenly finds himself in the middle of a life-or-death struggle, both with Grissom's savage criminal minions and the federal authorities on the ground, who are ready to blow up the plane out of uh, right out of the sky. Without weapons and with only the help...
0: I was just going to say, Cyrus is
1: played by John Malkovich, is it? No. Yes. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. Great, John. Yeah. Okay. I'll 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 mention those things. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh I thought. Uh, yeah. Okay. So anyway, uh do. do, do where was I? Uh, without weapons and with only the help of a U.S. marshal, thousands of feet below him, Poe must somehow outwit Grissom and take control of the jetliner before disaster strikes. Yeah. So uh, in in this movie, Poe is played by Nicolas Cage. Uh, you know, my husband, uh, my favorite Fucking favorite hero. guy my favorite guy yeah. uh he he We're very he's happy together and he's a he's a convict on this plane uh but you know he uh he's only in jail for manslaughter cuz he was defending his wife could have happened to anybody uh and he's finally going home uh he's this he's finally been released and this is mm-hmm. his flight home uh but a lot of these other convicts are going to a bigger prison because they're horrible people. Now, this yeah. film stars, as you mentioned, John Malkovich. It's an ensemble cast. John Kuzak, uh, Steve Buscemi, Ving Rams, Dave Chappelle, uh, Danny Trio. Great, great cast in yeah, this. Yes, absolutely. Um, and uh I love this movie because it's just a crazy action movie and it's very funny on purpose. Uh mm-hmm. so anyway, I'm gonna read uh from this book, and there's a couple of characters I'm going to explain before I read it. Um now Cameron Poe as we said is our hero Nicholas Cage uh and he has been um he is being set free but only his friend Babio is the only one who knows this um and all the other cons don't and so when the convicts take over the plane they 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 think that Cameron Poe is just is along with them. They don't realize that he's trying to be the good guy here and stop them from their evil plan. Now, one of the convicts that's, that is a bad guy is Billy Bedlam, and he has a sense that Poe is lying, uh, that he's up to something. Uh, and the scene I'm about to read, uh, they, they have a conflict because of this. This scene also features Garland Green, uh, and he's one of my personal favorite characters. Uh, from this movie he is a hannibal lecter like um criminal uh played by steve buscemi um yeah yeah
0: they have him like all locked up in the hannibal lecter like yeah. shit like strapped to the thing yeah right
1: great. right and like he- here's this plane where there's all these guys like danny trio and v- ving rames they're these big muscular guys and here's little old steve buscemi and they're all terrified of him uh because of the things he did he's like this maniac jeffrey dahmer style killer uh, so he's he has a part in this scene. And then there's also Cyrus the Virus, uh, who is the leader of the convicts, played by Malkovich. And there's also uh, a scene with the character Swamp Thing, uh, who is the convict who is flying the plane. Uh, so here we go. Chapter 12 of The Fine Literary Achievement by Richard Woodley, Conair. Billy Bedlam foraged amid the convict's banker's boxes in the freight compartment under the main fuselage floor. He was picking through them as if looking for a particular one, and not his own, for he put that one aside and kept looking. Excuse me. Finally, he found the one he wanted, the one with the happy face on it, the one marked Poe. He opened it and smiled. He took out the bed... Oh, I'm sorry. the The bed raggled. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to mention this. I is it bedraggled? It. But yeah. yeah, like it's it's got a space in it, and like it's oh. and like I got mixed up. Yeah, yeah, bedraggled. Uh, I got mixed up from the way that the book is printed. Uh, but anyway, I forgot to mention this. Uh, Poe is going home, as I mentioned, and he's going home to see his his daughter uh, and his and his wife, and he's bringing mm-hmm. a little pink bunny, a stuffed bunny. Um, To his daughter, that's important So, anyway He took out the bedraggled pink bunny And held it up for a look He tossed it onto the floor Now this is Billy He's going through Poe's stuff He found a letter in an official government envelope And opened it up It was the letter announcing Cameron Poe's parole Put the bunny back in the box Commanded Poe Coming out of the shadows behind him I knew you weren't no lifer, Billy Bedlam proclaimed, waving the letter. And lo and behold, you're a fucking parolee. You've been turned on us the whole time, haven't you? You're a fucking rat. Or the next thing closest to it, there's nothing lower than what you are. I said, put the bunny back in the box. Now, I'm doing this because that's how Nicholas Cage sounds in this movie. He has the worst southern, southern accent, accent ever.
0: That's how uh, exactly how he sounds. It
1: is. It is. You're really doing a great it. job. Thank you, thank you. That's how
0: he sounds always, by the
1: way. No, just in this movie, when he's doing this accent. He's trying to be southern, and it's just bad. It's um, just
0: like him talking slower.
1: <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Billy Bedlam rose and took a step forward, planting his foot firmly on the pink bunny. Poe's straight right sent him backward and made him spit out a tooth. "'Now I'm annoyed,' Bedlam said, smiling. He charged at Poe head first, aiming to ram him in the belly. But Poe's quick, sharp uppercut caught him flush on the jaw, straightened him, sent him reeling back. He slammed back first into the jagged end of a strut, with such force that the strut went almost clear through. He would have been unconscious anyway from the punch. Now he hung there dead. Why couldn't you just have put the bunny back in the box? Poe said. <laughs> I'm sorry. I see you laughing. It's making me laugh. <laughs> he picked up. I the have laugh.
0: my mic muted. Even, I know, but, but you're I can not see distracted.
1: you laughing. <laughs> I see you laughing. It's, it's okay. It's funny. Uh, that's the point of these books. <laughs> um, He picked up the letter, folded it, and struck it, and stuck it in his pocket, where it was safer than in the box. He picked up the bunny, dusted it off. In the
0: box. All right, sorry.
1: He, He picked up the bunny, dusted it off, and laid it carefully in the box. He put the box back into the stack with others on top of it, dusted off his hands, gave the area a quick scan including the limp form of Billy Bedlam hanging like a sli- like a side of beef, and walked back toward the hatch to the main cabin. The C-123 was descending. Baby-O was dozing. Poe walked casually up the aisle from the hatch and sat down next to Garland Green. And again, Garland is the insane murderer. Garland smiled wryly at him. Two went down the hatch, one came up. He waited for a response, but Poe was mum. You don't have to tell me. I'm sure you had your reasons. He was a damaged boy, probably an abused child, almost certainly a hopeless prospect. He was a nut. Ah, the great ones, Dahmer, Gacy, Bundy, they were all nuts. Although I personally believe that sitting behind a desk for fifty years, then to be cast out like a sack of rotten oats with nothing to show for it, might be the most insane thing of all. He mused, looking at the ceiling. For me, there have been so many. One girl? I drove through three states wearing her head as a hat. Feel free not to share everything with me. Poe got up and moved over to sit across the aisle to await the landing. Cyrus the Virus, again, he's the leader. Cyrus the Virus sat down next to him. This is some kind of situation we find ourselves in, isn't it? Poe didn't answer. Cyrus looked past him, out the window. When I heard they were building Tham, that's the prison, I knew they would send me there. I'd be locked down 24-7, every minute of every day. I also knew I'd never see it. I am no longer willing to live just for the privilege of breathing. Do you understand that? Poe looked at him. Understand what? Cyrus sighed. This has been years in the making, Cameron Poe. What you see going on here, and nothing will stop it. Is that a fact? Prison tries to kill everything that's evil inside a man. Ends up killing everything. All the good, too. All your good, dead Cyrus? Pretty much. I haven't had a good thought in years, Cameron Poe. Not one. Until today. Today. Yes, today. Because today, one way or the other, we will be set free. I'm not so interested in being free and dead, to be honest with you. That's what you think? Nah, we're better than that. He paused a while. Tell me, Cameron Poe, what do you really want? Poe looked at him. A cold beer? That's all? Wife, daughter, grass, peace? Well, that's very nice. Cyrus leaned back and folded his hand in his lap and closed his eyes. I must say, I'm not surprised you got a poetic bone in you, Cameron Poe. Brain, sense, sensitivity? Ah, yes. But those things we dream about, they're not going to happen. So let's get back to doing what we do well. Killing, maiming, making people miserable. He opened his eyes and smiled at Poe. Poe leaned back and closed his eyes. They descended through the low cloud ceiling, and a tiny landing strip for weekend aviators appeared below them, set in a belt of rugged, barren land, with the rectangles of a small trailer park nearby. A few hangars sat squat and gray against the brown ground, and here and there was a truck or other indistinguishable piece of equipment. One small hangar or storage building was covered not by a roof but by a toroplint. A small control tower rose like a mushroom. An old airplane, Boneyard, looked like a scattering of broken toys. Off to the left, away's an insignificant little blot on the clear desert sky. A single-engine, Sanessa, also approached the small field. Swamp Thing spoke over the intercom. All right, you moldy peckerwoods! Wipe we'll the drool off your chins and zip up your pantaloons! We're about to touch down! And that will conclude this week's reading of Con Air.
0: I gotta I gotta say, first off, like, you know, your your cage voice, it's uh pretty freaky, man. Yeah. Pretty
1: yeah. pretty freaky. He really like uh, that in the movie. <laughs> but
0: but, <laughs> but I wasn't I was not impressed with your, your lack of a Malkovich voice. You didn't try to do Malkovich's fucking voice. You did Cage's voice, you just I, I did as
1: best I could, man.
0: You know, like, what do you want? I want, I want commitment, dude. You're, hey, you're I did it. All I
3: gave
1: the... it my interpretation.
0: Okay, well then, that was fine then.
1: Yeah,
0: it was a good reading.
1: Inter- don't don't criticize my, my fucking con air, man. No, I'm not. Yeah. I'm just criticizing your Malkovich. That's all. It was fine.
0: It was fine. Yeah, there you go. It was fine. You know what movie I watched with him like recently was Shadow of the Vampire. He's fucking great in that.
1: Yeah, you mentioned this on the last show, too. You were talking. And about- it was awesome to mention again. Anyway, there we go. <laughs> no, it's okay that you mentioned again. Yeah. I was just saying, yeah, we talked about it a little bit on the show.
0: Yeah, that uh, movie is fucking great.
1: Not as great as Con Air, though.
0: No, 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 no. Nothing not as great is. Not as Con Air, no. Not,
1: not that movie. Not so during,
0: good. No, yeah. No, no not, that was a, that great, was a great, great reading and a great uh, Nicolas Cage in the movie.
1: Yes. Well, the other thing is, like, like I'll do like his voice uh, when I do that reading because his voice is so ridiculous. Everyone else's voice, they just do their own voice, uh, but his is ridiculous in that. But when I do these reads, I don't try to just impersonate the person. Like when I read the Urkel book, I just read it straight because to me that works. It's oh, like you can't,
0: yeah, you can't yeah. impersonate Urkel.
1: Yeah. No, they're like, but it's just like certain things. It's like it's great to just read it the way it is, you know. Uh, You
0: should do, like, uh, you should have done, like, make, like, bold choices. Like, you read Malkovich as Randy Savage. Like, you know, you 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 do, like, those kind of things, you know? You just, like, fucking, you know, just change it up, you know? It's, like, take everyone off guard.
1: Or I could read Urkel as Randy Savage.
0: That would be cool, too, dude. Oh, Laura! The cream (laughs) rises, Laura. Oh, on balance, off balance. Did I do that? Did I do that? got any cheese uh, gene mean gene <laughs>
1: the cheese razzies oh, always a... razzies all right all right all right that's... okay 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 let's start <laughs> was... but yeah fun.
0: i i enjoyed it that was great that was a, that was a great one i'm glad that you scored the con air
1: yeah what a find right what a find i like, mean I it's got... diamond in felt... the rough. I just nice. got curious. I was like, is there is there a fucking novelization of this goddamn movie? And sure enough, there it was, and I just, I like did a backflip, and it was so hard for me not to tell you about it. I was like, oh my god, I was so excited, I wanted to tell you Did you, you about
0: record it. yourself doing a backflip?
1: Uh, No, uh, which I should have, because oh. I, I can't do it. I can't do one at all, so but the I, fact but that you did it. One, yeah, that's amazing. I wish I had on tape, but you'll just have to believe me. Um, well, if you
0: haven't seen – if you're out there and you haven't actually seen the movie Con Air, I – and I imagine Chris does as well – recommend that you watch it. Yeah. Why it's it's a think, fun watch. It's a very fun Why are fun you
1: watch. wasting your life not watching Con Air? I guarantee whatever you're watching tonight isn't as good as Con Air. It doesn't – it it's not as good.
0: I'm not going to make that bold a claim, but I will say it's a great movie to watch.
1: It is. It's the greatest.
0: And Face Off as well.
1: And Face Off. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well – does that bring us to our next segment? I think we can we can deboard the plane of Conair, huh? huh?
0: I have deplaned, if you okay. will. All right. Like they say. Okay. And uh yeah, and we actually we have a, a we have a a song for this for this segment this week.
1: I know, we finally it have a played song. last
0: week. We're going to play it this week again. It may change, might get a little shorter. There might be yeah. some chops to it. Yeah. But uh ladies and gentlemen, this is the Cory Hotline. The,
3: the Corey, Corey Hotline. Hotline! Yeah!
0: Oh, man. Well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> it's the Corey Hotline, everybody. <laughs> it really is. It really is, and and if you don't know what the Corey Hotline is, that's where you can call us and leave a message for uh, us to listen to and play on the show and ask us any questions, comments, concerns, if you will. That number is 832-930-1347. 832-930-1347. Seven. Seven, Chris. Do you have anything else to say about this?
1: No, just give we us have a call. some calls. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We we appreciate the calls have been coming in uh, a lot lately. If if you haven't heard your message yet, we we haven't responded yet. Uh, don't worry. We just have a lot to get through, Uh we will get to you uh, unless you call eighteen times, and then we might just play one of your messages and and, and go from there. Uh, so yeah, let's get right down to it, man. Let's let's hear some mm-hmm. calls.
0: Okay, so uh, jumping right into it. Here's our first. Oh, you know what? Actually, I wanted to. This I didn't tell you about this earlier, but I do want to, before we listen to the first call, tell you that we got the first text to the Corey cock. The Cory cock line? The Corey hotline.
1: <laughs> um, I, did, I didn't know we could do that. That's. Great. I didn't know. I
0: didn't know that either. But I just want to let everybody know that one comp drink plus no cover <laughs> with this text, Amelie Barn Lounge. Mm. 1916 Baldwin Street, Houston's newest adult playground. Promo valid Friday and Saturday, 8 p.m. to 12 a.m. And here's a phone number, 713-530-7264. Uh, I believe that this offer by now is void, but I think it might be something they run every weekend. Well, don't you know, know.
1: It, it could be an ad, or it could be that guy inviting Sheila to join him on a, on a date, you know? telling her what's happening at the, at the place where we're getting
0: texts for Sheila. Now
1: it's possible.
0: <sighs> this bitch. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, here's our first voice. I thought that was fun, but here's our it first is. voice. Yeah, <clears throat> Here we go. Corey hotline.
4: Good morning, gentlemen. Oh, this is George George this guy I hope you're doing okay. Uh, oh, hi, John George. Wayne. I hope you saw it out. Uh, Christopher Triana, I whatever it is you're doing, do it, baby. I don't care. Uh, listen, I, I'm really enjoying your episode about your writing habits and and how you make things happen. It's it's quite interesting, really. I I'm a little bit of a writer myself. I've I've recently been contracted to write a new Splatter Western. I hear I hear that's the thing to write the Splatter Westerns. Hmm. And 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 mine is about uh, a girl. That uh, it's it's called it's called the magpie vagina, and it's it's mm-hmm. about it's about a, a hooker in 18 1885, and and her vagina has bird lips sticking out of it, and then the boys go down there and it, she's like call and it scares them, and it's absolutely horrible, and then the, she, she goes to put a tampon in, and, and it chokes the bird at the end. That's that's the whole story. They uh, did not have tampons back then Anyway, uh, keep doing what you're doing. I, I love you guys. Uh, yeah, that.
1: Okay. Yeah, they didn't have tampons uh, back then, uh, but okay. Uh, thanks, George. Uh, they didn't have vaginas back then either. So. No, they did. They couldn't afford them.
0: Uh, yeah, not during yeah. eighteen eighty-five. No. Um, all right. Well, I thought you know, I, I don't know. I, I now I don't know what to think. Honestly, I quite don't know what to think uh, yes. at this point.
1: I don't uh, even I don't even I don't even know what the hell he's blathering about Mr. anymore. Mr. Silverman you've
0: <laughs> done it again. Um, I, 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 I wish you well. A good fight and good night. So yeah. uh let's yeah. move on to the next uh, one. Here we yeah. go. What
1: the fuck is this? This is a cocktail. It's a song. No, it's 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 a pocket dial. Someone dialed by mistake. Yeah, let's just edit this out.
0: No, this might. Hmm.
1: No, dude. Let's go to
0: the next one. Let's go to the
3: next.
1: Yeah, let's let's pause. Let's just edit that out.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's pointless.
3: Okay. Shit, I thought I pressed four. So,
1: Inquiry
0: Minds want to know, are you guys going to have, like, any other
1: guests on the show, or do we just have to keep listening to, like, you two guys? Like, Uh is Wes or Nick P ever going to be on? What about that guy, Brian Keane, that Triana's always going on about? Or, like, (laughs) Tangie. Yeah, that
0: Tangie girl, like, she was, like, super cool. Oh, yeah. is she going to be back on?
1: Mm. Yeah. asking for a friend. I agree. This is Tangy, by the way. Yes.
0: (laughs) The last one was Tangy, too, bitch. That's what I was telling you. I was trying to tell you, don't edit it off.
1: No, we don't need that. We don't need that. Um, Uh,
0: (laughs) I don't know. I mean, Nick, you know, here's the thing. Nick, I want Nick to be on the show because he listens to the show and he'll be like, man, sometimes you guys are talking about something. And I'm like, if I was on there, I would say this, but it's the exact same thing that Chris is saying to you. So I feel like he's already saying it. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, I don't know, but like, you no, know, I, 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 I want to have Nick on the show. I actually would like to have Tangi on the show where I'm on the show as well uh, to talk to her. But you know, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. You know what? It, some people just like to hear about our life. Okay, that's what the show is based <laughs> on. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> well, well,
1: she watches the show all the time. She yeah, actually
0: she watches does. the so, video and everything. So, so maybe we need yeah. to include incorporate some more guests some some like short guest interviews i don't know what do you think about that
1: well i think i think what she's really alluding to is she wants us to have back the best guest we ever had which is the urkel doll um is is he available (laughs) Well, I mean i'll have to I'll have to go through his people.
0: I know he's yeah, offer only at this point, so <laughs> I'll have to go we'll, through, I mean we'll part. have to put our nipples and boot i mean nickels and dimes together and see if we can
1: yeah,
0: yes yeah, see if we can get him.
1: We'll see if he can pencil us in uh, as a as a pity appearance, you know um, yeah, yeah yeah, uh, yeah. We'll, right. we'll, well, we'll think about it Tangy. we'll take
0: it into consideration all right, great, so we're gonna go to our next call here mm-hmm. uh let's see uh. Who we got? Here we go.
2: Hey guys, it's Dave from Charlotte. I met you hey, guys at uh, hey. the 2019 Days of the Dead here in Charlotte. And then John Wayne, you came up and you saw me at Mad Monster this year. Uh, you guys are an awesome, day, huge inspiration to me, the both of you. And you
1: you guys oh, thanks, really
2: Dave. just keep inspiring me to write. And it's, it's absolutely awesome. Oh, thanks, Dave. We uh, love call it. calling today because I have an interesting question. I just watched your episode on writing, watched the whole thing. I loved it, absolutely loved it. I'm glad you guys had a whole, a whole episode dedicated to writing. But, but thanks. There were one or a few questions I had. Um, you guys both, you know, John Wayne, you kind of do more bizarre horror, and Christopher John, you do extreme horror and then some crime stuff. But you guys have a way of describing things in a very extreme nature, you know. And you know, uh, John Wayne, in your books such as like Sinkhole or like even some of the more Uh, tangy descriptions in scummer and uh, some of the more visceral descriptions that you do in porn star retirement plan and chris you know books like body yard and full brutal and even some of your short stories in your uh, growing dark uh, short story collection they have really visceral uh, you know feeling to them like they're, they're, they're brutal they're very gritty very brutal and you know I guess what I'm asking is, how do you do a scene like that without being, you know, I guess there's an art to writing gore and writing grit without being excessive and seeming cheap with it? Uh, you know, it, it's. I guess anybody can really write, ah, oh, and, you know, his esophagus was torn out and blood was spurting everywhere and they were all coated in blood. You know, there's a fine line between um, the cheesiness, the overly cheesiness, and just absolute chaos like you guys tend to write and so i guess how do you guys go about doing that and how would you what is your personal meter for telling if this scene that you're writing is if it's brutal enough if it's if it's cheap if it's cheesy like how how do you guys tell and i guess like when you're a second follow-up question to this is when you guys are writing short stories now i read some of your short stories both of you and they're they can be very brutal and it's it's almost hard to in my experience to write these short stories that are really brutal and intense without seeming really cheap and gimmicky. So how would you focus on a short story aspect in that, in writing the extreme gore, uh, while still maintaining a serious and gritty tone? Mm -hmm. Thank you guys so much. I I hope that question was clear enough. I know I kind of rambled on and thank you guys so much for what you guys do. I really appreciate it. like I said, you guys keep me inspired all the time and, uh, yeah, can't wait to hear the show. So Good. that
0: was uh, that was our boy, Dave. <clears throat> like, as I said last week, you know, I spent a lot of time with Dave while I was on the road. And uh, and man, and this is this is interesting, dude, because I did, uh, you know, Dave uh, did did one of my awesome dude for life boner bonus podcasts on my Patreon, which is Patreon dot com slash John Wayne dead. And here's the thing about Dave Dave Dave's like one of his his first jobs when he was 16 years old 16 years old was crime scene cleanup
1: yeah which is and crazy. he told
0: like we did a two hour episode about like because we talked about so many of the things he saw and i was going I, I I, I, about I, that.
1: it's funny no. i was going to mention that in relation to his question because i remember him saying that uh and uh, like i only i only met dave once really really good guy um and uh but um Gave me this Uh, pipe. uh, I'm
0: smoking out of the Dave tonight, dude. He gave me this pipe. Thanks, Dave.
1: He gave me this perm. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Slut of the week. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Dave, you're our slut of the week, and we mean that lovingly.
0: Yeah. Uh, No. uh, Slut of the week (laughs) t-shirt.
1: Yes. Um... But no, no, uh, like he, he, he does, he does crime scene cleanup. And this is like, I wrote a book about that, uh, called toxic love and it hadn't come out yet, but I was telling him about it. So, uh, uh, if you haven't read that one, Dave, I'd love for you to check it out and tell me what you think. But, um, but yeah, so I know he's, he's dealt with, uh, gore, um, more than most people have, you know? So, um, but, but to, to answer your question, um, uh, for me uh, it it depends on what you want to do with your story now you do want it to be horrifying or do you want it to be gross uh and you know like because there's there's a there's a big difference between the two um
0: you know like we were kind of talking about this off mic before the show started actually Mm -hmm. interestingly enough so
1: yeah you you don't want to be um well i mean maybe you do maybe you do that's what i was going to say it's like there's a difference you know like You'll read like an uh, an Ed Lee book, like Header Two, where uh, a, a woman is forced to snuck uh, to suck the mucus and snot off of the mm. snout of a of a cow, uh, and like that's just gross, and he means it to just be gross, you know, uh, and it's so gross that it makes you laugh if you're a sick fuck as I am, uh, and uh, yeah, and so yeah, that's like that's the gross out. So you can go for the gross out, uh, you know, kind of like the gross out concert, uh, contests at Killer Con. Um, jay Wilburn I'm looking in your direction uh you've been the master of this um you know and that's just about making people go ah gross jesus Christ uh there's but, still
0: there's still a touch to it that you put you know there's
1: no there's an art to it there's, there's a way to, to yeah,
0: present uh, that kind of thing no yeah.
1: absolutely no and, and jay Wilburn d- does it best like he it's incredible like the stories that he tells yeah. uh, and they're really funny like like usually with the gross out you go funny. Um, yeah,
0: oh yeah yeah, you got to go funny.
1: Yeah, but if you're if you're trying to make it horrifying um like there's like there's a there's an eloquence
0: thing. that you can put in there.
1: There's of- a different way to go yeah. about it, you know, like I'll write uh, about um you know like in full brutal uh you know like the main character she uh, cuts a guy's dick off and then like as it's rotting she puts it into a a a clear dildo and uses that to fuck herself. Now that's gross, but it's also just really horrifying on principle that someone would do that. Like that someone would like get sexually aroused by using rotting remains in, in a dildo. Um, And so it's, it's really more about how that makes you feel as like, as far as your, your humanity goes, it's about like, like that, that horror that that settles deep in your chest rather than that kind of that horror that settles in your stomach where you're like, God, snot, mucus. That's not what that, that scene's about. That's about just how disturbing that is and how fucked up that character is and how that makes you feel. So there's a, there's a difference between the two.
0: And and I just want to say like why you're saying that, like also, you know, it's not, you know, that those scenes of like, a dead dick inside of a dildo fucking like a 16-year-old girl are bookended by very well-done, eloquent writing that is is telling this story, right? And that's like when... So when you get to something like that, you're not jarred so much to where you're like, what the fuck? Like, if you throw... If you're you're telling like a quasi-fucking, you know vanilla tail and you throw something in there like a dead dick and a fucking dill people are going to be like what the
1: fuck is that yeah, but like sure, there's
0: a sure. way to do it
1: yes and also like and, alternatively that could be like you could write it as a gross hunting like if you started you can, off a book if you absolutely. started the book that way and it was like the first line was Kim fucked herself with a chopped off dead guy's dick like that's a funny way to present it that's just absurd and gross but And and I appreciate your compliment on this, John Wayne, but like I actually tried to write a really deep, dark, disturbing look at a um, at a psychotic mind. And so when uh, the main character does this, it's it's more about the horror of it and not the grossness of it. It's about
0: absolutely it's it's like the
1: reader is supposed to be like, oh, my God, like this is how far she's come. This is how Mm -hmm. disturbed she is. Yeah.
0: And that's that's another thing that even like we talked about in uh, the the Nightworms uh, you know, talk that we were on where, you know, people were talking we were talking about extreme like scenes, you know. If, if if the writing is there, like it's it's all it's like you don't even notice how extreme it is sometimes. Like, you know, like you said Ed you mentioned Ed Lee, like You know, we love, I love Ed Lee, love, love Ed Lee. The fact that like I've hung out with Ed Lee, he's bought me a beer. He looked, you know, like he knows Uh he he, like gave, he came over like to our table and looked at you and was like, I thought I was sick and like all that shit. Uh Excellent. Because I remember sitting like in a, in an airport in Mexico on like a six hour layover, just like reading all this Ed Lee stuff Uh and him like a a guy was like peeing in this girl's butt full of sores Uh while he was fucking her. No. Um, and I was like, "This is awful," but yes, you're yes. so wrapped up in the story that you're just like, yeah. "All right, next, next thing." And that's what that's what it is. Like that's where the that gets confused a lot of times, I think, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. people. But I do want to say about describing stuff. I remember like exactly when I started keying into that shit when I was like in third or fourth grade when you had to take standardized tests. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I guess you you still do yeah i don't know what they are now but there was like a writing element to each of those standardized tests Mm -hmm. Um, and this is just texas i don't know about everything else but Mm -hmm. like so you get rated on that so they would like teach you to that so for a long time at least through like some of these years when i was in elementary school the writing portion was description Mm -hmm. so they would give you a picture at the end of the test that you had to describe and they wanted you to describe the whole picture in your words from top to bottom left to right and all that stuff so i was in like my language arts class at like third grade and like we had like the fucking overhead projector so it's like black and white bullshit like and the teacher put like this thing on the fucking put them on she put them on the glass Mm -hmm. uh she put this fucking the uh, overhead projector yeah yeah picture on the overhead projector and it was just this
1: now there's a machine like that, a that is not used anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not at all. It's like a
0: cabin. It was just like a cabin with like a straw roof and like some weird shit behind it. Mm-hmm. And she said, like, so here's it. So, so look at this. I whenever you describe this, describe this, and and know that like it doesn't have to, you know, be exactly what you see. But what mm-hmm. do you imply? Like, what what maybe you could put into this that would make it a certain way that is still describing it and so like I went down the way of like describing it extremely like to the T of like Mm -hmm. grass like in like you know fucking ingrained wood rising up to fucking meet the dawn of fucking whatever that bullshit but then like you can you can take that and and God you can just it can be just a weird cabin sitting there but in a description it could be the worst fucking place that you've ever laid mm-hmm. eyes on if yeah. you
1: or the best it could it. Be... or the it best is, it exactly. all depends on how you do it yeah it mm-hmm. could be a, and it could I... be like a, a cabin from evil dead or it could be a cabin from a romantic comedy where it's like a wonderful place yeah mm-hmm. yeah
0: but i was that asshole that wrote all of those mm-hmm. i would just like try to do all of the Right. The descriptions of it and i just liked d- to do that stuff
1: i will say and, though like you, you uh you know as as advice to to dave and other writers yeah uh, there is such a thing as being overly descriptive a- absolutely and just going on way oh, too long
0: such a fucking line
1: yeah like uh and this this is where the great line comes in murder your darlings where it's like you may be super proud of how descriptive you wrote something but you you can't go on for several paragraphs describing a, a dead body or describing anything. It could be the woods that you're describing. You don't need to get into the detail of what the woods look like. Everyone has seen the woods. You can set the tone and be like, okay, you want it to be autumn or whatever. The trees were bare. They were empty and you can make it very poetic. That's fine. I do that, but you have to keep the story moving. You can't exactly. slip it down by having no, these no. long descriptions. You know,
0: he said sayingly, like you can't put that <laughs> either, but like, yeah, but no, I think that what I gained from those things, like those exercises, was not to approach everything that I describe in that much detail from left to right, top to bottom up to, to like, but but I it ingrained in me so much to where I was like, OK, what if I just pick like this part of the description and this part of the description and this one and then I, I throw some English on it and make it, you know, there you can like pull out Those things from a detailed description and make it like we talked about anything we want. Um, That's what I really got out of that, and that's where that that kind of like instinct of maybe Mm -hmm. even over descriptive people have said Scummer is over descriptive to me. Mm -hmm. It's a descriptive narrative, but like you know, it's not everyone's cup of tea. Mm -hmm. I describe a lot of shit in that, but yeah, well,
1: and it's and it's okay to describe stuff, but you want to make sure that you're not making the story too slow because you're like getting into every little minor detail. Um, yeah. uh, I, I'm not criticizing you or Scummer. I'm just saying this to whoever's no, no, listening.
0: No. Um, but, but that's part that's uh, part other... of the story. And then that's those people that come back to me and they're like, oh, now I see what you did. Mm-hmm. No, anyway.
1: no, I'm just joking. Yes, anyway. sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but uh, the other thing about description is um, a lot of writers will fall into this trap where they describe what you see. And that's a, a big thing. That's like our biggest sense is what we see, uh, particularly when it comes down to description. But remember, there's more, uh, particularly if you're writing a scene where someone's guts are being ripped out. Don't just tell me how it looks. What does it smell like?
0: Yeah. You know, what what, what does, else is going on?
1: How, what, what kind of heaviness does the air have? Is there like a, a, a metallic copper taste in the air? Uh, you know, like... like like, what does it hear? What does it appear like? What does it sound like when the guts hit the floor? Does it sound like, you know, a wet, uh, a boot stuck in mud, you know, or something like that? You know, what, like, cl- there what are clicks
0: in your brain when you see that if you you've have never more... seen guts ripped out. Like, there's got to be a thing. You don't hear anything and your brain just clicks of like, you'll never go back from that. Describe that. Yeah. I want to hear that.
1: Like, you have other senses than than sight. You know, and you can describe those things for your character of you know, and also describe the way the character feels seeing it. You know, like it's really used to be like, and then the guts and the blood and it dropped everywhere. But how does the character feel? Like, does their stomach go empty? Uh, you know, does do they hold their breath without realizing it? You know, like like all those kind of things. You know, does it
0: make them remember something? We should this. We should definitely do another writing episode. Mm. Uh, for sure based on okay this stuff. yeah we it's should get to just, we should get just, get to just more- alone you know what i mean we
1: should get to, yeah we should get we should get to uh, calls. but thanks no,
0: no but dave no dave this is great no we i we could talk about this forever and i think you just sparked another episode for us i spent a, a good deal with dave uh while i was there i love him to death and i'm gonna see him in september in two see you in september.
1: And september
0: is that a song? See-
1: yeah you don't it know that it's a song you don't
0: know that song i'll see you in september
1: yeah it's a classic song all uh,
2: right
0: i'll see you in september dave all right and, and nick too with me unless we're both mm-hmm. dead anyway because we'll be buried together
1: do you mean nick p or do you mean nicholas cage nick p okay well well okay my nick p is nicholas cage from now on he's so nick c, c. nick, nick c. C. c all right gotcha okay, talk about oh nick c. wow so like
0: so nick c is like above greg Thing.
1: Greg knows that though he won't even okay. be by that. Greg right. would consider Nick C above him.
0: I mean, his dad's dick would think otherwise. But oh. here's our next episode call. Here we go, Corey Hotline. Hey, Chris and John Wayne, this is Daniel Volpe. Uh, I'm just calling to let you know that the Arnold ridiculous reads. I love them, and I want to hear more. Yes. And also, John Wayne, when you say my wife, yeah, I laugh. Every single time. Uh, Great show, guys. Keep it up. And
1: I look forward to hearing what else you guys put out.
0: Well, that's just a breath of fresh air. You know, you get like one of those. um, It's like a really great call.
1: Well, I have a question for him. And it's how much did John Wayne pay you to say that? Uh, That's what I want to know. I don't Uh,
0: think. I mean, I think this is just what the fans are clamoring for. You know, they're clamoring for more uh, Borat impressions. And uh, that's what she said.
1: that's what everyone loves is repetitive Borat impressions. Yes.
0: Yeah. No, they were love repetitiveness in uh, Even earlier tonight, my wife said to my mother and my wife said, I was going to
1: say, you didn't say my wife. Oh,
0: here's John Wayne. He's just beating another work. Uh, John Wayne can beat any joke into the ground mm-hmm. more than anyone, except yeah. maybe his father. And I was like, fuck that. Dude, I far surpassed my dad in this mm-hmm. this talent. So... Yeah. Anyway, Daniel, challenge. thanks for calling in, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, because Arnold, may, maybe Arnold will come back and he will be back to read another well, ridiculous Eve. segment. <laughs> he will come back for you. Oh, ridiculous. Okay. Um, anyway. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, um, do, you wanna
1: so... do, do we want to do one more or do we want to move on?
0: No, I think that uh, that we're good on. Corey Hotline for today. Uh, We have a couple other ones. If you didn't hear yours, they were newer. They will be on the next one because we are in like real time right now. So we're gonna end it right there though, because we have to move on.
1: We gotta move on. We We have have to move on. We can only put up with so much nonsense from you people. And we can only put out. (laughs) I kid, I kid. We love we love everyone who calls in. Thank you very much. I kid, I kid. I kid, I kid. I tease. Yeah.
0: Thank you guys for calling. Don't forget, Corey Hotline. 832-930-1347. 832-930-1347. We'd love to hear from you. Ask your questions, especially about writing. That was cool. Dave, thanks for that uh, question. Appreciate it. Uh, keep them coming.
1: Yeah. All right, folks. Well, I think it's time now. Uh, we've been on, we've been on for a while. We need to get to our topic. This week's topic. I know you've all been waiting for it. We mm-hmm. teased it on we teased it last week. Uh, John Wayne is dancing. He's that excited to talk about it. Uh, and so, let's get to our topic, which is... One, two, three, four! Death yes, Man! Man! Oh. She is for cookie. <laughs> as you, as you mentioned, you're... That's good enough for me. At that- your first death metal record was was Cookie Monster so, so, with that, the count? You, know? what? you tell, <laughs> hey hey uh, talk
0: about talk about bearing the lead. Am I right?
1: Hey, huh? you know, people people like to credit Chuck from Death with with doing that or Possessed, you know, with with starting that voice. But it was really Cookie Monster, and we all know it.
0: I mean, what about Napalm
1: Death? They they came, they, they came afterwards. Death and um Death and 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 Possessed, those were the ones that really started that kind of sound.
0: But but, but Napalm Death was coming from the UK. Chuck was in Florida. So I think they actually had their first albums come out in the same year.
1: Well, maybe they did, because you just read the book, so I don't know. I, I, I
0: have the discography at my fingertips mm-hmm. right now because like, this book death- is so badass that the guy put together the essential discography that goes through death metal releases from 1985 to 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, okay,
1: like I said, you, you just read the book. So you, you're more up to speed. That, no, no, but
0: I'm... like, but here's but, the thing though.
1: Okay. But I just want to say, um, death, uh, is the one that I consider the ones who really started it. Cause Napalm mm-hmm. death was grindcore. Uh, and they kind of evolved into death metal, but you listen to, you know, scum and, and stuff like that, and, you know, it, that's grindcore. They do, but you're right. Barney. I was listening to that,
0: it before this, yeah.
1: But you're right. Barney did have the, uh, like, death metal voice, but that's grindcore. And death is the ones who really made death metal what it is. Slayer, Possessed, they've definitely paved the way. Uh, but. More thrash, though. More thrash, yes. But. But they still had that kind of horrific imagery, whereas Napalm Death was more punkish, uh, at least initially, and then even going forward, they were more uh, they they more politically based and stuff. Can,
0: so. can we pump the brakes for one second, just so we can like, just for our listeners? No, I'm say, done. Like, so I just so death,
1: this the whole show. I'm done. De-
0: all right, that's that's a death metal song, right? That's a Napalm, <laughs> napalm Death fucking. Like, you I was suffer my why?
1: We're yeah. done. You suffer One
0: point five seconds. Um, so no uh so the, the so death metal if we're just describing what it is it, it's not the same as black metal i don't want people to get confused because it does get confused there uh-huh. it gets blurry at times so if you've read like until the light takes us or seen that like you get the corpse paint the norwegian stuff that's not very, death that's metal very different. That's very different. not death metal at all death um, metal.
1: Uh, death metal is better
0: death i agree I, I, I'm on the same thing with you because death metal has got like that. It's got that. It's detuned. It's got the, also like there's a more like intricacy, like talent wise there, to there, it. There, there's
1: there's and, definitely. That's, that's the thing. There's more talent to it. Like there's more rhythm to it. Black metal more song. Is, black metal is fucking noise. Like you listen to Mayhem, it's fucking noise. It's not even songs.
0: Versum is awful. Noise. Like it's, it's yeah, it's, it's completely like weird. Not. Like, but but I, I hate when like to see people confuse those two. Like, black right, metal is sure. not death metal. Right. Like, uh, it just just is not. Right. I mean, right. you listen to like, you know, we're talking about Napalm Death versus Death and Scream Bloody Gore, and uh, you know, uh, Scum came out in the same year. Right. Okay. And and but but these are like, you know, on the other side of the pond, mate. You know, and you got to think like, but
1: what month did they come out? Which came out first?
0: I mean, this is just 1987, is what I have in front of me. Yeah. So I I can't tell you, but right. it doesn't matter because these guys are like tape trading back then. They they have yeah. no way to access each other other sure. than that. Sure. So it's not yeah. like they're who's coming out first. It's kind of almost like a collective consciousness thing at that point. Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but again,
1: death, death is. The I like death better, dude. I love death. It's not. About I just don't want. It's not about who's better. I like death better too. But it's not about who's better. Yeah. It's about the mold, what we think of as death metal now was really springboarded by the American Florida band death. Uh, and, uh, yeah. And like Chuck and Barney both had like a similar kind of growl to their voice, but as far as the lyrical content, uh, the titles of the songs, the nature of the songs, uh, death really kind of invented death metal as we know it. Uh, whereas napalm death was grindcore, uh, possessed was more speed metal with a a death metal hinge to it. Uh, but, yeah, but and
0: they came out in 1985 with seven churches right, uh, right. was there. Which, is,
1: which is which is heavy and and yeah. definitely has a death metal sound to it absolutely. I gotta give them credit where it's due. Uh, but in my mind and in the mind of many others, uh, death was the band. And that's that a
0: year before check. death and and I mean uh daypalm death let just listeners yes yeah because that was but but, death, but but it was but it was a sound it, it, it was it was yes I, I'm but, with you dude death death took it to where it needed to be like somebody had to define it uh Chuck that's, schltinger that's and 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 death that's, that's did define it uh, absolutely yeah. because you read this book um I'm not you know I'm not I'm not I'm, not, I'm with you on this like And it was awesome that his, like, he, like, moved all around the country. Like, all, like, since he was, like, a kid, his parents were, like, okay, you want to do this weird metal fucking thing you're doing? That's fine. Like, man... There was 33 members of Death, I believe, yeah, and uh,
1: and out, if, yeah. if I'm
0: correct, in and out through not all at the period. same
1: time. It wasn't a, a no, no, no,
0: no, <laughs> no, absolutely not. There was only four members, or, yeah, or five, maybe five uh member. No, 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 four members because he played guitar. So they maybe have had a second guitar player mm-hmm. at a time. But there was like 33 people that cycled yes, through those 30, bands. But yes. that's that's indicative of all of these death metal bands. It was like people were just trading each other left and right drummers, guitar players, because at first, like a lot of it was how fast you could play. Mm -hmm. Everybody wanted to play fucking fast, Mm -hmm. you know?
1: Well, the other thing that, uh, that happened because of the band death is it started the Florida death metal movement. And I've mentioned this before, but in the late eighties, early nineties, uh, Florida was the hub of death metal in America. In America, yes, in America. That's what that's what I'm saying. Um, And that, because of that, there were there was you know a lot of death metal bands that that came out of Florida or bands that moved to Florida because that's where the scene was, like Cannibal Corpse, Morbid Angel. Um, Shouts out! But that enabled these bands to swap members a lot easier. Uh, because they were all in the same state and same area and they would kind of like, yeah, move around a lot, like you were saying. They would they would trade people.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was like super incestuous. And even like in the Florida scene as well, but also in the UK scene, they were just like 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 somebody would drop out and they'd be like, Oh, we need this, or or like people would be in an active band. And there'd be like two guys that would be like, well, we wanted this drummer. So we reached out to him and he didn't. And then he joined our band and quit the other one. Like there's so many short lived yeah. bands, especially in this scene where cool. like maybe they even put out a demo tape where yeah. in this scene. Also, I want to say like in the death metal grindcore scene, a, a demo tape is even better to have than an actual uh, record release uh-huh. a lot of times. Yeah. Um and uh, well, we're talking about
1: profit wise particularly profit wise uh death it, it, actually they hmm. started out just like with those demo tapes and just like mass like mass producing them on their out of their own dollar uh and putting them in record stores and the stuff just started selling out and then they started making like t-shirts and stuff and they just all sold out really quick and that's how they ended up growing and getting a a, a record deal
0: Right. But I want to take I want to I do want to talk about like a step before that, you know, the tape trading days of uh, the early 80s um, were like I've read because I've read another like that other book or the history Mm -hmm. of heavy metal that I said by Ian, like they talk a lot about tape trading. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was something like, God, I'm so enamored with that. You know, I wish Mm -hmm. I would I wish that. I could experience that. You know, yeah. we we have such instant access to everything now. Well, yeah. Well, Do you want to hear? Like, everyone well, listening stop, to this, like, I'm going to explain it. I'm going to okay, explain yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm just gonna. Okay. I'm just. I'm just. I'm. I'm a uh, front For porch. For don't know, I'm front those porching those it. I'm front okay. porching it. For we
1: those have who such, don't
0: know, we have instant access to everything we want right now. You, okay. if you're listening to this and you've never heard of death or uh, napalm death or fucking. You know, any of these bands we're talking about, we can pull them right up on anything, YouTube and watch or listen. But there was, we, when that didn't exist, <clears throat> there was tape trading and it would be in the back of, you put your address, you send your address into these zines that were like fanzines of like, you know, that the metal and music. And you'd say like accepting tape trades to this address, like, and someone would send you, a mixtape of like napalm debt all these bands you've never heard of that are just on there and you would dub that and send it to somebody else who sends somebody else so like you're you're just trading these tapes back and forth to each other Mm -hmm. and it becomes this huge huge network and cycle and that's how you like find out how these bands exist back in that time
1: there was also an underground uh tape trading thing at the time because of uh uh, all of the ban, the bans—not bans not bands with a D, but banning—of uh, a, a lot of these like extreme underground horror films, like Necromantic and stuff like that, where uh, you know, like there would be like these want ads in, uh, or or like these personal ads in, um, uh, uh, you know, like different VHS rags or or, or you know, uh, uh, low rent Fangorias, where people would like swap tapes or sell these tapes of like these banned movies and these video nasties as they were called in um, In the UK in the UK. Uh, so it was like a similar concept where it's like, you can't see these movies any other way. You can't find these bands any other way. Uh, Cause like you, like you were saying, uh, you know, now like you could just go online like there was no internet. Uh, a lot of these, you know, a lot of the, the record stores, like you, know, you couldn't go to Camelot music and get like these underground death metal bands. You could only get the latest Madonna or whatever the fuck it was. Uh, you like, so you had to rely on the, the, the community, the death metal community to get What's these stuff.
0: Camelot music.
1: You don't know what a Camelot music is? It was it was a music store in the mall oh, back in the day. We didn't have it. Maybe it's a regional. Well, yeah, but well, that that Wait. was the like okay, before, I get it. But before Best Buy, like that was the chain. Yeah, like sold. a Sam
0: Goody or something in the mall. Yeah, it I was it.
1: like that. Yeah, it was like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Uh but yeah, you couldn't find uh like these underground bands at the time. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, once it got into the nineties, like, yeah, you could find a Camelot. Very
0: hard to find, even bootlegs super hard dude no they like didn't I,
1: sell bootlegs at all in, in in like camelot music but yeah that even but even yeah. like outside of it that's that's where you had to rely on the community was for your bootlegs and for your peel session tapes and stuff like that yeah 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 definitely definitely um so uh yeah so to, like death really started that breed of music
0: it started it in America, but I will say like Napalm Death started. Hello,
1: hold on, I'm, I, I hit a button oh, accident. Oh, oh, okay,
0: okay. I thought we hung up. Uh, Napalm Death in the started it in the UK, like that with the yes, records, um, like really did, and like it was a thing where like it was a novelty that they recognized at first because people just wanted them to play as fast as they could, mm-hmm. and that's what they would do. Like we we referenced uh, you suffer the, the right. song you suffer and it's just like you suffer but what you suffer, but what and it's yeah, like that's just the like whole song second half super. yeah
1: and well that's some, the like, difference between grindcore and death metal um and that like and they, on death was all about the speed whereas death was not death was not trying to make a, a super fast song some of their songs had speed to it but they were trying to make a, a music that was heavy and dark and lyrically Intense, hence the the name of their first album, Scream Bloody Gore. You know, like, that's what death metal became. That's what death metal is. uh, And, like, that's why it's called death metal, you know?
0: And they put, like, they actually have, like, a melody to a lot of these songs. They do. Uh, whereas, they do. like, Napalm Death, there's no melody. It's just like, a no, yeah. I mean, I guess I don't want to piss everyone off. Maybe you could arguably say there's a melody, but no, definitely not in no. songs that are like a second long and no, these kind no. of things. It's well, just uh, like, well, I mean, it's more of a Napalm... statement and, and it's more of like feeling like they're getting out this aggression of like. Yes. Napalm,
1: Napalm evolved <laughs> um, over time and their songs became longer, yeah. uh, but they still kept with the speed, uh, <laughs> but they, they kind of had political songs in a sense um and like uh in, in a sense uh whereas uh death evolved to become more technical yeah. uh and chuck even experimented with a different voice which i didn't care for but uh it was cool when they went more technical and uh like they, they had some really really impressive um uh, arrangements as they went into albums like human and stuff like that yeah. um uh, and they had like the I think they had, like, the one guy, the one guitarist they got used to be with, with King Diamond and stuff. Like, they got some really good uh, musicians in there. Uh, as mm-hmm. you said, they, they cycled through, you know, musicians like I do underpants, you know. Um,
0: Wait, seriously? Yeah, like, You don't wash, you, you wear cummy jeans, but you go through 33 underpants?
1: Over the spance of of a of a, of a... I don't know
0: half. if I've had 33 <laughs> underpants in my entire life, dude. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I don't mean owning. I mean when I take them off and put them on again.
0: <laughs> oh, 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 well, we're counting that. That's different. But but yeah,
1: maybe thirty, maybe forty tops in my entire life.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, but death metal is is much more. Has it became this intricate uh, thing about not just playing fast, but mm-hmm. playing technically, yes. and and like definitely like Chuck Schuldiner in death set the bar for that. He uh, did. Where but there were other.
1: When- there were other bands that I think set the bar even higher um than he did and I think did it first maybe um cuz a lot of death metal what uh, do you think like, <clears throat> well I'm going to say like a lot of death metal uh, you know like Cannibal Corpse for instance which are probably the most well known most f- famous death metal band um
0: because of Ace Ventura
1: it, No before Ace Ventura no definitely before that
0: um no, but were, but it it is referenced in this book that they got I, I a know, huge bump uh, from just being a, and, I, I know, and and but, Jim Carrey but, was a just, big fan of them
1: I know saying. but I know I know but I'm just saying as someone know. who grew up in the scene in Florida in the 90s Cannibal Corpse really got their uh their attention because of their intense album covers and the gruesome titles of their songs you know, like Entrails Ripped from a Virgin's Cunt is one of their song titles. Necropedophile is one of their song titles. Uh like these are the things that attracted people to Cannibal Corpse, people that were into the 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 gore and the and the horror of death metal. Uh this is what made them so popular long before the Ace Ventura thing. Um and uh i know i was just saying
0: that that was like a thing for them yeah i know but but... into the collective consciousness
1: well no i know it 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 gave them an extra boost uh but but long before that they were a big deal uh in the death metal crowd
3: absolutely
1: but they 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 became so because of all of that image uh whereas their music was not that great at least not on the first couple of albums i mean i do love eating back to life and put you at birth for nostalgic purposes but it's a lot of like dun, 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 like over and over again it's not melodic there's not a lot of technical skill going on uh and chris barnes voice is literally cookie monster you can't understand what he's fucking saying until you mm. get to uh the album the bleeding uh which was mid-90s it was like I think 94 that album came out and that one they got a little bit more of a groove to their sound and you could almost understand barnes a little better uh and that's really what makes that album so great a lot of people didn't like it because it wasn't as hardcore i guess even though it had a so- songs titled like strip raped and strangled is one of the songs like yeah. hard enough that's hardcore enough you know um but that, that album is where they really got a little bit more polished sounding, and a lot of people got pissed about that. But they never got super technical, say, uh, as like uh, Death did or Carcass did. Um, and right. we got to talk about Carcass. They're my favorite of all the Death Metal they, bands. They've
0: become my favorite, one of my favorites as well, outside they're
1: of Death. Yeah, they're <clears throat> exceptional.
0: And and also, like... <clears throat> okay, so... <clears throat> God damn it. So I I was... a. Uh, Like I said, I've listened to, like, this stuff before, like, and Nick and I listened to a bunch of, like, Death Masters while we were driving on that title app. But I went to uh, the local record store here, uh, Vinyl Edge in Houston, right here. It's actually very close to my house. And I got some death metal records that I just... I was like, I haven't been record shopping forever. So I put my mask on, and I put a bunch of lubricant upon my cock and went into the record store. And I got, like... um,
1: to be fair, that lubricant was provolone cheese. Thank you, <laughs>
0: thank you for pointing that out. Actually, I appreciate that. Good, good looking out, dude. Yes. Yeah. But actually, like, I feel like okay. So I'm reading the book, I, and and the things I've listened to already. Like, I feel like I actually got a very good swath of death metal in this one uh, section. So like, you know, I got this death record, which this is like a compilation.
1: Yeah, hold it back. I can't even see it. Back, 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 not, not, not forward. Back, the opposite of forward. Yeah, very cool, very cool. So,
0: so yeah, this is called um, uh, individual thought pattern. So, this Mm -hmm. is kind of like a bunch of different like stuff. It's kind of like a greatest hits of Mm -hmm. death.
1: It's the best stuff. A little bit,
0: yeah. But and and this, uh, but the the vinyl is badass. It's all like marble and shit, and it's got it's great. Um, And then I also picked up this. This Carcass uh record, which is uh Is that Necroticism? Yeah, this is necroticism. The sketching
1: the the yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a classic, man. That's uh Yeah
0: and it's a re release from Earache Records, like you know, originally released in uh Mm -hmm. back whenever it was. I think like this is like a re-release twenty that that
1: album that album. No that album's from uh, like 91 92 cuz I remember when that album came out and we were all okay. clamoring for it uh you know like cuz I I was into this shit way back in yeah. the day man like I like hardcore I was, again like I grew up in the scene and um like me and my buddies my buddy Joe Josicovic shouts out my buddy Roger Danny shouts we were out. all we were all really into these death metal bands and we used to go see them at, at this dive bar called the Power Station and they all came to this place you know because yeah. that was that was the fucking scene at the time in Florida uh, and so yeah, I was like 15, 14, 15 years old, uh, and listening to to Carcass uh, and Napalm Death and, and Death and Morbid Angel and Candle Um and uh, yeah, that that I remember when that album came out because we were just all excited about it, and then we saw them uh, perform the album. Uh, on tour, uh, and they were with Napalm Death, and I've mentioned this on the sh- on the show before because it's one of my favorite concerts I've ever been to. It was Napalm Death, Carcass, Cathedral, and Brutal Truth all together at a fucking dive bar, and it was when that album came out, and it was yeah. also when um, it was the Earache tour. It was also when Utopia Banished by Napalm Death came out, which is probably my favorite of their albums. Um, and yeah, that was that was just f- fucking you know incredible. That's like the the I bet that was like the time that. You know that we lived in, and um, that's a really that's a really good album, and that that sparked a turn a little bit for Carcass, uh, where they weren't as like fast and grind ish as they were with say Reek of Putrefaction or Symphonies of Sickness, um, and they became a little bit more technical, and that's when you started to hear these incredible guitar solos. Yeah. uh that they became known On for
0: heartwork
3: and heartwork is, like is yeah, a yeah. great
1: example yeah heartwork is my favorite carcass album by far uh yeah, but so even but even really now cool. yeah but even now like they they uh they continue uh that uh they occasionally do albums now they broke up and then kind of kind of had a reunion and they came out with an album called Surgical Steel and it definitely has that heartwork sound uh more than the say symphonies of sickness sound or the tools of the trade sound yeah. um but uh, yeah, Necroticism is a, is an excellent, excellent album, and it has uh, cor- "Corporate Drinksaw Quandary" is on that album. That is one of my favorite Carcass songs, man. That song's heavy as fuck. And, and,
0: and if we're talking like earache, uh, we have to talk about Godflesh. So I picked up this Godflesh record.
1: I saw you like when you sent me that text. You had that that picture. I see. I don't even really think of them as death metal. I think of them more as they, industrial metal
0: they're one of the ones that that earache brought through in their death metal break to try to because it is like a nine inch nailsy type thing and that's what what i was going to say like is it on like but it's 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 classified as death metal within this but is it
1: it's not it's definitely not Um,
0: it's two guys and a drum machine yeah and guitars it gets brutal
1: no it can it can get brutal it can get brutal But you know what else has a death metal sound is uh, ministry, at least on Psalm 69 and some of that stuff. Like you listen to to their song NWO, he's basically doing a death metal voice, but that doesn't make it death metal. That's definitely industrial metal. And so is uh, Godflesh. And this isn't this isn't to say that they're not uh, worth listening to because they are, Uh, but. They're not death metal. They're definitely not, uh, and that's why when, like, I, you know, I, I when I saw you sent that, I was like, what, what the hell is he talking about? Godflesh, you know, that'd be like it's saying KMFDM is death metal. It's in
0: this book, man. It's like one of the bands that Earache thought I, that they could break, like true. in a big way during their death metal suite.
1: But but that doesn't make so. it death metal. No, I know it's in. The, I, I hear you. It's in the book, and that was yeah. an Earache release. And Earache, what were the record label label of of uh, death metal? Uh, but that does not a death metal album make. Uh, or yeah, better,
0: well, I say it is pretty good though. I like it. I enjoyed no, it. it. Is,
1: you know, it is. That's what I. No, am I'm I'm
0: not saying. saying it's not. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I'm not decrying you. I'm just saying like it is good outside of like uh, not being a, like a necessary death metal late uh, record, but like Earache was pushing it, and it's good. And they put music out even like recently still, mm. like so. But like, but but it's not it's death metal. Two novel. dudes. No, it's not it's it's actually not death metal. Like ministry
1: but, sounds yeah. more like death metal than Godflesh does. Yeah,
0: but I, I bought it because it was in the book and I never listened to them before. And I was like, well, really? Never. No.
1: Oh man, I was listening to them back in the nineties too. Yeah, I liked back in the day. Here's the thing with me and Earache, by the way, uh and also Nuclear Blast uh was was the other out, yeah. was the Ar- other they one.
0: Put an arch enemy and mm-hmm. At yeah. the they put yeah, they,
1: they put out a lot of stuff um yeah exit 13 no no yes no like all sorts of uh bands uh but like the again that you couldn't find this stuff in like you know the the record store maybe if you went to like a a, a family-owned like record store you could but for the most part you couldn't because there was there like in the early 90s there was still like it was still like hair metal and then slowly turning into grunge uh you know, uh, with Nirvana and all that shit. Um, But you couldn't find this stuff. Uh, You had a little more luck in Florida uh, because of the scene. But uh, for the most part, you had to mail away for these things. Um, And so I always got the catalogs in the mail from earache and um, nuclear, nuclear blast and everything. And it's, it's funny because I used to like save up money from, you know, like mowing lawns and stuff but then I would have to have my mom write a check to earache or Nuclear Blast, and I'm like, "Yeah, mom, I really want to, I really want to get Tomb of the Mutilated or, yeah, or so, whatever the uh, fuck it was, you know." Write it out to Cash. Yeah, write uh, it out <laughs> to Tomb of the Mutilated, please.
0: You so? <laughs> have to write it out to each album you bought. No, but... <laughs>
1: no, no, she, she didn't. But I do have a funny story about that. Um, one of the things that I was blessed with uh, in Florida it was one of the few good things is there was a local. Uh, college radio station, WFIT. And at midnight, there was uh, a death metal show and they would, play, you know, cause it was college radio, they could play whatever they wanted. And they played all these death metal bands. Cause again, it was this big scene. Uh, so I, I I could tune in and I could hear obituary and exit 13 and macabre and pungent stench and all of these guys. Uh, and I, I was introduced to a lot of those, to a lot of those bands because of that. Um, and one night they played this, this stuff that was just super crazy and bizarre and they were like we can't even say the name of the band because like we'll get in trouble you know uh and you, i hear you, you're trying to was say was it anal cunt yes and, and yes and oh, sorry yeah i know um and yeah so i called them up and they were like yeah it's anal cunt and and yeah and like anyone knows them knows like their songs are def they're definitely grindcore and they're just crazy bizarre stuff and really funny um and so anyway Uh, years, like, so, so, yeah, I, I found out, um, uh, like who they were and I ordered a a copy of, um, uh, Morbid Florist, uh, which is one of their albums from back in the day. And I got the CD and it came in like a cardboard, like paper sleeve and everything. Uh, but yeah, I had to have my mom write a a check so I could get the anal cut album, you know? Uh, so.
0: Did you put that in a memo? anal
1: cunt. Yeah, yeah. thanks mom um anyway this is where this is where this, this it's a funny story is many many years later you know like i was maybe like 14 then and i was 33 year these years later um i meet a guy named tim morris and tim morris is the drummer uh of anal con he was the drummer at the time and everything when they put out that album and I met him because uh, we both worked for the same company. You know, he had a you know day job and, you know, as did I. Uh, and so we met and we well, we also met because I was dating a girl uh, that also worked for the company. And she's like, oh, you got to meet this guy. He's really into death metal, too. And then she tells me his name. And I'm like, wait, Tim Morris is from Anal Cunt. And she's like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I want to meet him. So anyway, I, I meet Tim and Tim and I be, became friends uh, and we're still friends. And it was it was funny because I told him that story about getting my mom when I was 14 to write a check to get my anal con CD. And he thought it was the funniest goddamn thing in the world. He thought it was hilarious. Uh-huh. And so he told it to Seth, the, the you know, Seth Putnam, the lead singer of the band. And Seth thought it was hilarious. And uh later that year it was my uh they were having a uh, concert at a local bar in uh i I think it was in um uh where was it was it in cambridge it was somewhere in the boston area you know they're a newton band um and so anyway i go to see the show of course support them and hang out and uh it was like three days before my birthday and so tim and seth were like all right this, this show is for chris like they're saying this to the crowd this show is for chris who had his mom who had his mom write a check <laughs> to get an anal cunt record when he was
0: they had his mom write a check to anal cunt <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, one, two three four
1: no, no it was oh. really funny like that's that me. is
0: awesome dude yeah, it was really
1: funny i uh, would have
0: lost my mind did you like to start screaming that's me like i, uh, yeah, been, yeah. No, I was no. like
1: wow yeah no it was awesome like, it was awesome they dedicated the show to me it, you know it was my birthday and everything I, I, like again i like I, I became really good friends that with was Cam- your
0: 13 13- birthday.
1: No, it was That not. was your
0: Bart, that was your Bart mitzvah.
1: No, it wasn't. I was like 33 or 34. Um, i and never been kissed.
0: I love it, dude. Yes. I love that. I love a meat cute like
1: that. Yeah, a meat cute. Uh so uh yeah, and then like after the show you're like I got to know Seth a little bit and um yeah, and so I uh, yeah, I I it was funny. Like, you know, here it was like 20 years ago, I was like listening to this band and introducing my friends to them because they were like what the fuck is this? They hadn't heard of Anal cunt, you know. And I here I was this fan of this band. And twenty years later I become friends with the band to the point when um when Seth died, like I was at his wake, you know, like it's just this crazy like you know, trajectory that happened. Um but yeah, shouts out Tim. You know, I'm still buddies with Tim. He's had a lot of trials and wow. tribulations over the last couple of years. Uh and he's been working on, you know, getting uh getting things back together. But shouts out Tim. Absolutely.
0: Uh, Shouts out to him. But like, you know, from there you get, you know, I I didn't realize like that Sepultura was considered a death metal band in the beginning of, of their like thing, because I, I, I'm a fan of Sepultura. Like I've seen them a few times. Like, you know, I have, I had a couple of their records, but like, you know, they're like
1: death metal though. How could you listen to embryonic cells and not be like, Hey, that's, that's death metal.
0: I don't know. Maybe I didn't know what death metal was
1: yeah.
0: at the time. I don't know. But like they had like when I was at the record store buying these records, they had like a a, a re-release of schizophrenia and I really I wanted it, but it was like uh, a little too expensive for like whatever but that. But that's like the one that was like that that they signed on, yeah. you know, uh, and, and to America like and got got out there. Uh, but fuck, man. Yeah, like, I was just like, God damn, dude, I like Sepultura. I didn't realize I was already, like, listening oh, they're to totally, totally
1: sometimes. sometimes. Yeah, but
0: totally. then, you know, and, and then here's the thing. I'm listening to Death earlier before we got on the record. Well, and I just want to
1: say real quick, because we mentioned the UK and we mentioned America. Um, where's Sepultura from? They're from Portugal, right? From Brazil. Brazil, okay. So, yeah, like, that, that. I just wanted to mention that it kind of spread beyond... Um, you know the, the U.S. and the U.K. It became this this bigger thing, and then we started to have bands like Brujeria, which were singing in Spanish but doing death metal. And they weren't from Mexico. I always thought that they were, but they were actually from um, somewhere in California. But they were all these Mexican guys. Uh, but yeah. uh, but but anyway, my, what I was saying is that it's really spread out to other countries. Uh, so you're saying you were listening to death? What? You said uh, oh I, I, I was listening to death oh, oh and, and death. you know
0: what and, and I I for, I was listening to death and it, in like uh it reminded me a little bit of Lamb of God which I know is like new wave American heavy metal if mm-hmm. if you're if that like that's what they fall under well then
1: you should like, say that Lamb of God reminded you of death because death did it first that, that's
0: what I mean yeah absolutely yeah. that's what I mean it, it like Lamb like that that's what it was but I was like so are they Deathy in a way, like
1: yeah, it's it's a gray area. There's a lot of these bands now that I I like
0: Lamb of God a lot, by the way. But they're like, but, but the like good new bands. Like like the like their singer, like like. <laughs> but I can understand every word he says,
1: and I like. Yeah, well, I mean, they they have like there's a lot of these newer death slash black metals, you know, like, like bands that kind of. Uh, walk the line. Uh, I'm not saying that Lamb of God is like that.
0: No no no. I'm just saying like by what by newer, like they are like twenty.
1: Yes, yes, but like they're still ends. but that's still newer I as still compared to do, yeah. as I just want to, to put perspective. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm talking about bands like and Broiga and stuff like that, where yeah, like they kind of like they, they walk the line and you can understand them a little better as far as vocals go. Um and that's not a bad thing, you know, but uh but to me, death metal, and it's and it's because, and I admit this, this is because I grew up in it, uh, and, like, the bands from that era Are death metal to me. And then as you get into stuff like Godflesh or Lamb of God, it becomes an aberration. It becomes a hybrid of death metal and other things.
0: Well, no, Uh, Lamb of God, I don't think is a high God is not comparable to Godflesh. Godflesh is more industrial. No,
1: they are. I'm not comparing the two. I'm just saying that Lamb of God, like Godflesh, isn't quite death metal. They have kind of more of a, 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 you know, a a melange of other things. Their um,
0: new wave of American heavy metal is what they're officially.
1: Yeah, which is of. not death metal. Yeah, which
0: is I know, a- but I'm just saying. Like, I think they grabbed aspects of that. Yeah, because the pace, the soloing, like the way, like oh yeah, I know. Come no, in, they, they, like yeah, it really,
3: like that's, and I really
0: know. like, uh, what, yeah, I really, liked, I really like their like their uh, vocalist. I don't know why I can't remember his name. Like it's, it's, it's some Irish name.
1: Yeah. Something. I think it's L. White is his name. Yeah, you bitch. Uh, but. <laughs> But anyway,
0: I, I just want to say, like, but but like the stuff that is modern is influenced by the stuff that you might not realize that course, you re- that you find when you go back and look at
1: this. Right. Kind of like when you think Tarantino is a great filmmaker, and then you realize you ripped yeah, off okay. all these great filmmakers. See, see, and that's why 70, you have the to, the and
0: then you have to go and make <laughs> it all about some bullshit where i'm trying to make it like yeah all these great bands were influenced by these other great bands and, you, and then you try to make it about your bullshit agenda no. of tarantino hating
1: no, no it's just a, it's just a simple fact it's like people listen to lamb of god and you and were saying the they don't realize that it goes back it, further don't. than that uh here's that it goes thing. back to these bands that really invented the genre rather than just I've, imitated it
0: i okay well see now you <laughs> Here's the thing. Like, I first, well, I was like, true. I was gonna it's say, true. like, I see what you did. You became me and did a thing, but then you became you, right? Right back again.
1: Wait, to bring wait. it back I am, to wait. Say, I'm me.
0: <laughs> no, you, yeah, wait, you became yourself. All right. became...
1: You, you be me. I'll be you. Wait. No, I'm no. Being... <laughs> I mean, no. Who's on first? See, so yeah, let, let's let's real quick. Let's uh let's just say, like, you know, because we could go on forever. Yeah, about this that's topic.
0: that's the thing. We could talk yeah. about this for a long time yeah. and we we will probably i think we should come back and revisit it and maybe have another could, episode about death metal another time because there's can. way too much to talk about
1: there is it's it's, <laughs> a, it's a, a huge huge history behind we didn't this. get
0: to talk about bolt thrower or autopsy or yeah stuff. no there's there's many arch of them. enemy we didn't get to talk about any of these bands DSide. No, i love DSide.
1: Yeah. DSide, atheist you know, macabre like it, Pungent Stench was a big one for me. I always yeah. really liked them. um Obituary, you mm-hmm. know, like the- uh, that's another one. Yeah, obituary. We didn't get to and talk Morbin about Angel. these bands.
0: Morbid Mor- Angel. Oh, we- Morbid Angel one was the biggest the ones. They're ones. Ones, like, one of the greatest.
1: Talk. They're one of the greatest. Yeah, I know. Like, uh I-, I feel like we're cutting ourselves short with this, but it's one of those things where, like, uh, it-, it we could go on and on. And you know what? We should do mm-hmm. is we should try to get Ryan Harding on this show for that because he is maybe super, we will maybe super maybe, you know, people- into death metal. So people
0: want uh, guests uh, i.e. Tangy maybe Ed. we'll uh, loop in a Ryan Harding on another yeah. death metal show we were
1: talking about Ed Lee earlier and Ed Lee is also mm-hmm. an enormous death metal fan um, Ed
0: Lee will jump on this podcast as well, but he nah, probably prob- does work a podcast. Really yeah, that's giving him uh, way too much credit. <laughs> and I can say that because he won't know how to ever listen to this. But even if he did, no, he, you, you know I love you, dude. He, you know I love
1: you. i totally dude. do that. But anyway, yeah, uh, you know, if to, he could,
0: I, I, if he would, yeah, I love you.
1: Know anyway to wrap it to wrap.
0: I love this
3: you.
1: This up a little bit. I love you too. To wrap this up a little bit. Um. Yeah, I guess we will kinda of rush through it there, but uh like do you have like a top five favorite death metal bands? And if you say Rob Zombie, like I'm just hanging up and the show's over, so
0: dude, am I gonna really do that where we had a whole discussion?
1: You would do that though. That that is
0: now I, that you've put it you, into my mind. Funny. Here we go. You would
1: you would think is funny. Thundercast sixty five. No. All right. Well that's uh, a show, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. One I, of the bands
0: that everybody... I didn't get to talk about. Was uh, a a newer band that oh. was from that was you no know, newer <laughs> in the sense that they are from pre two thousand, but they are from the the Locusts, which was one of the original uh, kind of a death metal band. Uh, was
1: uh, you don't even remember their name? No, you don't uh, even know who, what you're... <laughs> no, I'm trying to grab the fucking record
0: cattle decapitation
1: oh all right yeah yeah
0: because because uh they ha- i have like i have a few of the records down here but i have this one i wanted to show Which are just which this was the band cover this cover is a band bitch if you're looking at it they changed it they had to change it so only a few of these got released and i got one of them um and this is a modern a uh, good uh, death metal band. And for I th- those
1: of you listening, uh, it's the cover is a, a oh, cow sorry. that's kind of eviscerated and it's kind of shitting out human remains. Basically, it,
0: it's actually giving birth to human. It's like it's giving birth. It's not eviscerated because it's like chewing its cud and shit. It's just like giving birth to human. Yeah, but
1: it like... but it looks like it's it lo- looks yeah. like it's cut open. Oh, you it, know, it doesn't look like it's just giving birth. It looks like it's it's gutted.
0: It looks like it's cut open from the asshole and it doesn't realize it yet.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But
0: Yeah, and there's human remains coming out of the cow's asshole. Mm-hmm. So maybe we're to think that it ate a human and it went through four of its stomachs and came out this weird asshole after a sword cut through it.
1: Well, whatever. I was just letting people know what it looked like. Um but well, we could talk about death metal album covers forever, too. Because- yeah,
0: we could. But Cattle Decapitation, oh. I really do like. I have I have them and then like because they are from the Locust and I'm making I'm being funny. But uh, the Locust put out like these four seven inches that like go together in this weird fucking conglomeration they put together. I have those. I, I have several cattle decapitation records, including oh. like one of their newer ones, Karma Bloody Karma and some of their older shit. Ah, uh, but I would have to say carcass is uh, at the top of my list. Death yeah. for sure. Same, same. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, uh, cattle decapitation is is going to be up to, in there just because they're one of the newer ones that I like. But then, ah, uh, you know, napalm death, of course. Um, and then, uh man, you know, I'm going to say like probably, ah, uh, arch enemy, because yeah. you know, for a newer band yeah. and then like female fronted. Uh, and then like the singer like she stepped back and then like another female singer took the lead and she was like managing the band and stuff like that that's kind of cool uh yeah. so yeah no, that's I cool
1: that. uh, uh bringing I, just bringing I'm, it into the
0: newer like you know
1: yeah yeah see uh fuck new things i like i'm old and i like old things um, i like
0: old things too
1: i know i know i'm I, I, I No. i'm you're right to to pursue newer things i'm just I just don't I'm old and set my ways and I like the stuff from when I was young. Uh, And I think a lot of that has to do with the memories that come with that of, of growing up in that scene. Uh, So yeah, carcass is my absolute favorite. Um, Mm. And then uh, death, pungent stench, morbid angel is, is, is very high. Yeah. yeah,
0: I absolutely throw them on there on my,
3: I
1: I love morbid angel. Blessed are the sick is one of the greatest death metal albums of all time. uh, In my opinion. Uh, So I put them up there. Um, And, uh, yeah, I mean, I like Napalm Death, but they were never like, I mean, there was a time when I really, really liked them. I love the Utopia Banish. I love that album. But they are more grindcore. They are more about the speed. So I would say Mm -hmm. Obituary and Deicide, uh, I like better. Deicide. I I like Deicide, but they're also, I I really like Deicide, but they're also kind of corny, like really corny. And Glenn Benton is a really corny fucking guy. Um, he tries to uh, be so to, to the point
0: that yeah, that it's like that's fine, like that's no, what it is. Like it's I look fine. at but it, it's I'm corny.
1: like, it's kind of like, like it. it's kind of like King Diamond. Like I love yeah. King Diamond, Russell Fate, but he's a corny motherfucker. But, like and, Glenn uh, Benton is the Count Chocula of death metal. You know, he, like, with, but, yeah,
0: he did, and he put like the, but he really did burn a cross yeah, upside. but that's but the,
1: but but he's but that's one of the things that make him so ridiculous. Yeah, exactly, you know? exactly. He's
0: he's no Father Evil.
1: You know. And no, he's not, but who is? But no, like Glenn Benton should just get like not even fucking... Father
0: Evil himself. <laughs> Glenn Benton...
1: <laughs> yes. Glenn Benton should just get one of those like those like shower curtain fucking uh uh Dracula capes that you find in the drugstore in October. He should get just one of those. Like that's how cheesy he is. He might as well wear that. But I do love the
0: music's uh... fucking good though, dude. I no, like no, no,
1: no, no. Like uh, no, I do love the first Deicide album, uh Legion I like even more. Uh, I kind of uh, steered away from them after that because it all started to sound the same, uh, Where uh, and it does still sound the same, whereas yeah, Marcus that's... evolved, Morbid Angel evolved, Death evolved big time uh, – deicide's kind of just stuck in their ways and they're just like sound the same as they always did and and there's nothing wrong with that it just gets dull to me it's like once if you have the first two deicide albums you don't really need the rest of them in my opinion uh and some people may like be like fuck you man and it's fine but i'm and the same goes for obituary it's like once you get to the end complete it's kind of like all right you know they're, they're like they're doing it they're doing the redneck death metal thing it's awesome but after a while, it all just sounds the same. I like I like the bands that kind of explore a little bit more than that. Uh, and if they're yeah. not going to explore, they sound they need to their sound needs to be fucking awesome forever. Like Slayer, Tight. Where, yeah, where like Slayer does not sound any different than they did a yep. hundred years ago when they first came <laughs> out. But you know, eight million albums later, it's still awesome when you listen to it. You know, like Christ Illusion is just as badass as as Show No Mercy. It's fucking great stuff. You know.
0: I also have the vinyl with the band cover of Christ's Illusion mm. uh, because that that cover was originally banned and changed. Uh, so I, I, I almost I almost busted it out because I was going to reference this band cover. But yeah, where it's actually got like the Jesus like kind of guy on it with no arms, all like fucked up looking yeah. in the lake. That, that but, like... was...
1: I know that cover. I think that's the... <laughs> yeah, I think that's the cover I have on mine.
0: They pulled it. They pulled oh. it. So, like, it, it like after that was just like some weird, like, bone poking out of the water, like, all close up and said, like, Christ illusion. I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, like, that's one of the th- cool things about vinyl is finding, like, chasing yeah. the band covers that don't happen, which happens with these kind of extreme bands a lot of times.
1: Yeah. So, well, I, I think before we wrap up, I just want to say, uh i saw I love, t- I love you too man i love you too but i saw a lot of death metal bands uh and ryan did, harding, yeah. ryan harding recently posted online about all the ones he saw and holy shit he's seen a lot of them uh, i saw
0: i saw his list that
1: was but cool. i but i've seen i've seen because of the scene i grew up in um uh you know cannibal corpse punch and stench morbid angel carcass napalm death brutal truth brujeria uh like uh, i i saw like uh, it, the cathedral um uh death you know, like on and on and on, uh, pungent stench. I don't know if I've said those or right. obituary, of course. You saw, DS-
0: saw death with Chuck, with Chuck, like and mm-hmm. shit. It's mm-hmm.
1: awesome. Yeah, yeah. DSI, uh, DSI. DS- mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Rest in power, Chuck. Uh, yeah, that, again, man. Like I was into this stuff when I was fourteen. You know, like I mean, well,
0: you were you were aware it was like popping off too. Yeah, like, I'm right talking there. Like, like I saw before, these guys like mainlining that shit. I dude. saw these
1: guys in small venues, dive bars uh and again me and my buddies you know joe roger danny like we would go to see these shows all the time particularly joe shout out joe i know joe listens to the show uh like he was more into death metal than any of us uh and remains so uh and he was the one that actually got me into carcass so thank you joe for that um
0: carcass rules
1: carcass rules yeah um they're the best they're the absolute best uh, but I
0: really like Heartwork. I, I was writing to that album before. Yeah, it's my, that's,
1: my that's my that's my favorite. That's my favorite one. It's really,
0: yeah. really good and album. They they, they reference it in this book too a lot. They talk about like how that was, was a turning point for them. It
1: was. It was a turning point. It was very controversial. A lot of fans didn't like yeah, it. Yeah,
0: they dissented. They're like fuck Yeah, them. because
1: they turned to like that album doesn't have like the super gruesome Uh, lyrical content Uh, but they also did away with the fucking thesaurus that they used on their early albums where they had like these massively long big words and sometimes even made up words like devourment it's like they have that song embryonic necropsy and devourment devourment's not even a word but they threw it on there anyway uh but yeah but but heart work kind of like that was the turning point where they kind of steered away and then they did swan song which was their attempt at like real commercial rock uh, and that that album is very much hated and I think unjustly because it's it's a good album but I understand why a lot of carcass fans don't like it and when they reunited they went back to more of the the, the heartwork sound with surgical steel um yeah. but uh uh one quick thing maybe to end on I want to say about carcass is because yeah. I saw them in a dive bar at the power station which is now an auto zone um oh
0: do they I, still play shows there
1: yeah all the time yeah the auto zone you can see them in the auto zone absolutely
0: check out carcass at the auto zone this weekend
1: (laughs) this weekend get your oil changed see a carcass while listening to carcass live yep uh no uh the the cool thing about it and this was like 1992 this was back in the day uh before Heartwork even came out and uh i saw that show with them and the other bands that i mentioned. And because this was just like a small dive bar, like there was no backstage, like the guys just hung out at the bar, you know, like when, you know, and like that blew our young minds. We're like, holy uh, shit, we're meeting, we're meeting Carcass, we're meeting Napalm Death. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. And like Napalm Death posters, they were the, they were the uh, uh, headliner and their posters were up in the place. And like, we just took the posters down and like the guys signed them. I still have it. I still have the Napalm Death posters. I still have it, the Napalm Death poster that the whole band signed. signed. Yeah, signed. Dude, yeah, I do. You could
0: retire on that, maybe. <laughs> yeah. The right fan. Um, That's but, awesome. Yeah, you know, yeah, no, I
1: still have all that shit. And, I, uh, do,
0: I do remember that. And I also recognize that when it happens the other side where you're like, you gotta be cool.
1: I have some, uh, like a signed entombed one as well. Um, oh, that's man. a band we didn't mention. I saw it in two ah, because there's uh, too many
0: bands to there mention. are I, I saw yeah, that with, to... with
1: Dead Horse, and I think the other band was called Carnage. That was with them. I, I don't remember. Uh, I, but yeah. I... I
0: was looking for an entombed record while I was at the record store, and they didn't have those. So,
1: well, anyway, what I wanted to say is like meeting meeting those guys were great. They were really cool to us. We were like these fourteen year old fans, and were like, "Fuck yeah, man!" But like again, both those bands, Carcass and uh, Napalm Death, are British bands. Those guys are from are from the UK. Yeah. And Carcass, it was hilarious because like at like these are the guys who write these songs about like eating guts and stuff, and uh, they're all like vegans, you know. And, like, they're all, like... As
0: as is fucking uh, and, cattle decapitation. Right, they're right. vegans, yeah.
1: Well, like, like so Carcass is vegans before vegan was even really a thing. And yeah. um, um, and Jeff Walker, the lead singer, he had dreadlocks at the time. And, uh, like, we're like, dude, you're Carcass, you're fucking awesome. And he's like, oh... well, And they're all like, oh, they're very proper, because they're English. Like, oh, well, thanks, mate. Well, we really appreciate that. And, you know, we're just yeah. gonna have... We're gonna have a spot of tea here at well, the bar, because uh, we don't drink alcohol. oh. Uh, 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 you know? <laughs> are you
0: guys getting? Are you guys getting right drunk? Yeah. You guys fucking suck. We hate yeah. you, but yeah. thanks for well, we listening were, to our music. We, 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 we were know.
1: we were teens. We couldn't drink, but they didn't drink either. You know, like they weren't drinking or anything. you know, like uh, 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 it was just it's just kind of like this huge contrast to what you would expect listening to their music, which is fast and angry and filled with all this horrific imagery. Uh, and they were just like these really polite British guys, you know.
0: <laughs> nerds. So,
1: nerds, nerds. yeah but no, it was very cool to meet Carcass rules, though. Meet so. Jeff Walker, Bill Steer, and everybody, and uh, to meet uh, like all those guys. It, it was really cool. It, like Blue awesome. Arms, you know, we're like we're we're at the bar with these rock stars, and like you know, we, like you know, in our mind, they're rock stars. They weren't like on MTV or anything at the time, you know. But uh, to it us, them, they were a big deal, man. They were yeah, a big deal. Great, yeah, I love that So.
0: Well, I mean, like I said, we could do uh, much more on this. And I think we should do another episode on this. And maybe, like, I think we should bring maybe, like, Harding in, uh, you know, to, to weigh in. Like, we'll do a three-way episode, you know, because we can do that. We can three-way it and uh, talk about more you're death medals if we want.
1: Uh, you're always.
0: Baby, you know, <laughs> I'm just trying to gently massage it into our relationship, you know, and see how, you know.
1: we well, you know it. Yep. When you say gently massage, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about your prostate. I you know.
0: And I would like and I like it when you do that. <laughs> yeah. So no, I we need to do more. Like there's way too much to mention about this. Like mean, yeah. So yeah we, 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 we will revisit this and we'll revisit writing as well. Uh we need to do some episodes that and, so.
1: and we'll revisit <laughs> the novelization of con air.
0: Oh, I hope we do. If
1: dude. you're lucky, <laughs> if you're good.
0: <laughs> if you're lucky if you live if you live through this. We might revisit. Uh, because you don't know how it ends.
1: Hmm.
0: It might be different than the movie because... It
1: might be. You never know. You never know.
0: You never know. Yeah. Uh, so,
1: yeah, that's your homework, listeners. Go watch Con Air and listen to Morbid Angel and Carcass and... Uh, and Death. And Death, yeah. All at the same time. Play all three. And thrower. All at and the same suicide. time. With Conair on the team And
0: Arch enemy. Oh, yeah, do all of that. Do oh, that would of be it. fucking and oh, then eat like time. eleven hits of acid. <laughs> and then don't, call don't. me. And then call the Corey outline. 832-930-1347. By the way, by the way. By the okay. way
1: what? Each this joke. is this is what we'll close on. Um, okay, you know, you were just like you reminded me because you were saying, Do eat a bunch of acid, and I was like, No, don't. Uh, on our last show, uh, mm-hmm. and I don't remember how we got into it, but you brought up or, or maybe I did one of us brought up two girls, one cup yeah, and and you were like, you all should watch this. You should all. And I was like, no, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. You should watch it. No, you shouldn't folks. You really shouldn't. But anyway, we, we, we talked about that. And yeah, today, I guess today, my friend, Joanna shouts out, Joanna
0: shouts out, Joanna. Thank you for watching two girls, one cup.
1: No fan of the show. You know, we, we, we Lemon did a party. fundraiser. We did a fundraiser for uh, her pup Lulu, mm-hmm. uh, as you'll remember. Uh, yeah, but yeah. she, but she texted me today, and she was like, "Jesus Christ!" I looked up two girls, one Cuff. <laughs> she didn't mm-hmm. know about it. She didn't know about it at all. Wow! Well, and well and I was, well, and fun. I was like, "I told you not to on the show. I told everyone not to do that." And, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. but curiosity killed the cat." I had to look it mm-hmm. up, and she was like, "Jesus Christ!" I couldn't watch it. I'm like, "Of course you couldn't watch it. No one should. It's mm-hmm. horrible. It's an well, awful thing. Don't watch it." Well, you know what? I'll (laughs) say this.
0: Like, once you watch it once, it gets a little easier every single time.
1: Yeah, not for me. I ain't watching that shit. I have not seen a single second of that. I know what it is, and I don't need to. Have you
0: seen Tub Girl?
1: No, I know what these things are. but I, Joanna,
0: don't look up Tub Girl. And by that, I mean, do look up Tub Girl. Uh,
1: Joanna, don't listen to him. I hope you've learned your lesson.
0: I hope you have, too. I love you, dude.
1: I love you, too. Uh, and I um, love. Rah, 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 rah. Yeah, I'm going to go listen to some death metal and probably order pizza from Ollie's. I think oh, that's what I'm so going to Good cheese pizza. Mm-hmm.
0: Ah, All right. Well, that sounds fun. Tell tell them I said what's up. And also there. Mm-hmm. I
1: love her. Yeah, she's pretty great. She loves you, too. All right, folks. Well, we didn't get to nearly. Like, like you said, it's too big of a topic. It's too much. It's too much.
0: We have to revisit.
1: Well, we'll we'll do a death metal part two at some point so
0: electric boogaloo
1: yes indeed and we'll probably just because we're old and stupid and forget we'll probably just say all the things we it'll just... be the
0: whole
3: first the whole, it'll so just be the
1: same oh, i'll, I'll God, just dude. be like i'll be like i saw a day death with carcass like for the millionth and time i'll tell that story yeah
0: indeed, did he is we're
1: a big joe <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah all
0: right we love you guys <laughs>
1: Later, everybody.
0: Bye.